I mean, first of all, the fact that they got James Gardner really upsets me. The <laughs> fact that we let him yeah. go to Everton really upsets me right now. I'm not going to lie. He's someone who's yeah. levels above Scott McTominay. This is Match Week. You are joined by myself, Artie Amini. We discuss everything soccer from the highs and the lows in the sporting week to the news that is relevant to you. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. You are listening Top of the Hour on WMC Upper Montclair. And this is Match Week. Guys, for this week, I have a couple of special guests. Of course, as returning per usual, we have Steven. Steven, say what's up. Hello, what's up, guys? And on a Discord call with us currently, we have the one, the only, the only name I've known him for for the past like year and a half I've known him. It is Nighthawk. Nighthawk, you are live from Discord. Say what's up. Yo, what's up, guys? So just so you guys know, uh, Nighthawk is a... Aston Villa fan, just to say, just to put it to the least. But he's also calling in from England. And this is where we're going to be having sort of a show about explaining the difference between English and American fans, but also going into detail about Aston Villa's little revitalization and just going in through there. So, Stephen, what are we thinking right now? I mean, yeah, I think it's great. I mean, an Aston Villa fan is different, huh? It is, it is a bit different there <laughs> without a shadow of a doubt. But anyways, Nighthawk, do you mind introducing yourself? Um, well, I've been a football fan all my life and I'm now, what, 26 in December, so grew up, grew up just down the road from the Villa ground, so it was a local team where I grew up, so my dad's a Villa fan, my brother's a Villa fan, so. Uh, yeah, that is great, Nighthawk. I really do, we do really do appreciate Getting a different opinion here on the show. So being able to have you on and get a different perspective is sort of what's big for the fans. But before we go into more detail with you, we have a big announcement here on WMSC 90.3 FM. For all of your World Cup content, you can tune in to 90.3 WMSC Upper Montclair if you like to, no call to actions here live on air. No call to actions whatsoever. But this is the action that we are currently going through. We will be doing a whole bunch of broadcasts, maybe a daily show. Still working on that one. But we'll have a lot of live content coming straight to you. Now, Nighthawk, I have a question for you. So, coming in from the UK, what is um, what, what is your opinion on Americans covering the sport that you're it's obviously more than just a sport to you it's a way of life it's culture what is your opinion about that i think it's great that you know uh, sports from different countries and you know different people's cultures can reach the world i think it's great that there's different followings everywhere like you look at china for example they, they have a big man united following over there so just as another oh. example and then in america i see i've got a few friends who support teams but it's nice to see that our football which we see is like the best league in the world can be followed all around the world because we have some great players in our league. And even though often it's the top four teams are always the same, like take this season, for example, we've got Newcastle third. Newcastle have been nowhere for the past few seasons. So, again, it's just great to see fans all over the world. Well, enjoying the 
Sorry about that. Uh, we, we're having some def, def technical difficulties here, here in studio. We don't have our main computer running. Uh, we're trying to run off a couple of connectors here. But no, you actually do have a valid point here, Nighthawk. I mean, I mean, b- before we continue with the interview, I need to know your actual name <laughs> before we continue so I can properly credit you. Just so the audience can know. Can you hear us? Hello? 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 Testing one, two. Testing one, two. I just realized I was muted. Uh, Hawk, my apologies. Uh, do you mind just giving us your name for the audience? Cause I can't keep calling you Nighthawk when I've known you okay. for about like a year, a year and a half now. Yeah, just call me Jake. That's fine. Jake. All right. We have another Jake here. That's awesome. We have like five Jakes here at the studio. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> no, all jokes aside, but no, you do raise a valid point because the the sport is global. It's not just an English culture. It is somewhere where there's a big influence in China. There's a big influence even with the likes of Qatar hosting the World Cup this year. We have a it's a wide and broad spectrum of where this goes and how much it can really take on in regards to a fandom. Definitely. Football's huge in uh, throughout Europe. There's so many big leagues. Some countries obviously have it bigger than others, but there's huge teams throughout Europe. Some of the teams in America look like they're doing good. A lot of English managers actually go over there. I think Wayne Rooney's just signed for which team was it actually? I can't remember. Uh, DC United. He's the manager for. Yeah, that's it. And then you got David Beckham owning. Is it Inter Miami? The yes, Inter Miami. Yes. Yeah, and a lot of the footballers near the end of their careers will go over to the to the American league. Which then gives them, you know, exposure over there. I mean, we just had the uh, MLS Cup final. I know it's a little awkward for you to hear that, but I mean, big man came up, Gareth Bale, in a final, scoring a last-minute header as per usual to send LAFC into penalties against the Philadelphia Union and winning in, in the end of that, which is a big result for them. What has been your opinion on sort of the likes of like Welsh or English players coming in? I would say towards the end of the career, because some are going like halfway through, some are going towards the end, because obviously one of the big biggest English talents to come into the MLS was Bradley Wright Phillips. So, like, what, what was your yeah. thoughts on that? Well, my thoughts are the for sort of if we just look at the leagues, our leagues we have four different tiers of English football that are classed as professional because we have a relegation. Uh, like we have a rele- we have a relegation system, so for the Premier League, the bottom three clubs at the end of the season go down, and then for the championship. And uh, with the championship, the top team goes up and the rest of the teams play in the playoffs to get the next two up, which I think is a really cool system. But I believe you guys don't have a relegation system. No, so, so that's, that's the thing we've sort of been arguing with for a bit here. Um, it's to sort of find a way to make sure that we get a promotion relegation system here. I mean, it's been proposed, but obviously U.S. sports work differently. We are more so on the side of getting – franchises and having everyone stay in a league and there's drafts and uh, so obviously there's not much of a culture shift in regard to that where there's not that much you can sell but it it's 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 something that I think they're slowly working towards but it's something that is crucially needed here in the MLS because even in your 5th division Peruvian league right you have those – you still have promotion relegation. So I, I think there has to be an established development here where we can just improve upon. I definitely agree. Okay, sorry. Hi, hi Jake. What's up, Steven? <laughs> um, but um, the thing is, so these MLS teams, they're franchises. They're like the football teams, like the NFL. So basically, it's like they have a lot of money, a lot of uh, wealthy business owners. They own these clubs, and they, they don't – they want to prevent the idea of a relegation system. So yeah. to conserve their money inside these clubs, 
they don't want their club like they don't want a relegation system. They don't want their club to go down. Yeah, they don't want their club to devalue. Yeah. But I also think on the flip side, it would create a more competitive league because then you've got yeah. the worry of oh, if we play bad this season, we could go down. Yeah, it would make the league more competitive. Like, but like for me, I'm used to it. Like a couple of seasons ago, the Aston Villa, we were down. We went, we got relegated. We had a really poor season. We went down. We were down in the championship for a few seasons. Then we came back up, and then there's a huge money boost when you go back up because you get a huge influx of cash for going, for getting promoted, and then just staying up in the Premier League just keeps so much money coming in. But like with your culture, like I know in, in I don't think any of your sports have a relegation system to my knowledge. I think yeah. uh, the NBA are the latest to be discussing it. Uh, yeah, but there's, yeah. there's difficult there's difficulties with that though because uh, some of the players in the league below the G League don't they also play in the NBA? Yeah. So they're playing for like two teams, which again it's confusing. But I would love to see the MLS get a relegation system. I'd love to see it. Well, that's the thing, right? It's I think the issue with the current system of American soccer is that. The USL, which is the second division of American sports, you have a lot of Red Bulls too, Philadelphia Union too. So a lot of the second teams, where in England they would have their own individual league, like Man United Reserves versus Aston Villa Reserves in that regard, they have their own little league going. So we also we we also do have a Premier League too, which is the under twenty one teams if I yes, remember correctly yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah that... and we have the women's super league, which is basically this run the same with allegation promotion, but it's for the women's teams. And women's team women's football over here is getting way it's skyrocketing in views because we're promoting it a lot. We put it yeah. on the uh, free T V channels and it's just it's great to see the women's sport growing alongside it because the women's sport deserves just as much exposure as the men's sport. Oh yeah, no, we've been we've been having uh, big debates here over in the US about that when it comes to especially seen, no, especially no, the no. US women's national team with I doubt that's that's a big controversial topic there. Yeah, for me though, with with they raise good points. Like, yeah, they just, they should get paid more. But the only way they can get paid more is if they bring more money into the sport. But yeah. the only way to bring more money into the sport is more exposure. Yeah, which again is hard to do because it's a male dominated sport. Unfortunately. Yeah, but I I, I I I think to their point though, it was that they were pulling numbers because of how well they were doing on a per game basis. Because we had a huge debate about this actually off air. Um. So when it came to the U.S. women's national team contract, instead of getting a per-game basis contract, which would have made them more money because obviously they're making it into the the final for all the uh, Olympics, they're making it into the final for all the Women's World Cups. So if they if they had actually taken the per-game basis contract that was given to them from the get-go, they would have actually been making way more money. But I, to their point, I can understand why where the fear could have been because of not knowing of where the money can come from because obviously with gender pay gap and stuff yeah. like that you're you're it's uncertainty yeah. of what money you can get so they took a more of a guaranteed money contract which can make sense but just to your point yeah. with exposure i think when it comes to everywhere else but the US with football the the exposure is always prevalent and there because even the even the uh, women's premier league right I'm watching it week in and week out. I'm supporting the main United women's team, all right? Jackie Gronin is my midfielder, all right? Absolute baller. <laughs> like, I, she's she's from the Netherlands. She's absolutely insane. Plus, with, with uh, the Women's Premier League signing a lot of American players, taking a lot of that talent out of the WSL. So, I, I think it just goes to show that, Again, back to, back to Jake over here, that the, that the rest of the world sort of treats the sport better than what America currently is treating yeah. it, which I think is a valid point to make. Yes, yeah. no, maybe well, like so. Over here, we, we, over here, we can watch some of the NFL games on uh, Sky Sports, which they watch most of the sport. You got the F1 on it, you got the football, the golf. And uh, I think it's cool that some of the teams actually come over and play in Wembley because that's given the, that yeah. in your sport, 
exposure over here. It'd be well, nice to see more American channels play more of the Premier League because that gives them more exposure over there because I don't think many do to my knowledge. Oh, so so <laughs> here's the crazy thing. So really for the Premier League, it's only NBC Sports. And then if it's on NBC Sports, it's on USA Network. And then if it's on there, it's on a paid subscription service called Peacock. Or, or Telemundo. Yeah. Oh, yeah, tell, Telemundo. Oh, I'm, those, sorry. Those like, I'm like, sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, Stephen. You correct me. No, I yeah, apologize. No, they're like they're like a branch of like NBC. So yeah, like, technically, yeah, technically. Yeah. So that's. But I. I but here's the thing, though. My question is, though, Naha, uh, Jake. I'm 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 trying to you know work your real name because you deserve to call by your real name. Uh, my question yeah. is that because the. Um, because the the football is not really on the telly a lot of the times, right? It's like it's only oh, yeah. on if it's a sold out game, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Uh, no, not over here. So, okay, so with there's deals between the two between the two major sports channels. We have BT Sport and yep. we have Sky Sports. Yeah. Uh, they usually split them fifty fifty. I think BT recently got a new deal to get the early match on the Sunday, which was never on TV before. So now we get a twelve thirty game. So for you guys, if you're on the East Coast, that'd be seven thirty a.m. Yeah, we're up for those. Just letting so you know, we are up for those seven thirty a.m. kickoffs. Yeah. Like take it for example, like today we got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight matches in the EFL Cup, which is just another tournament, and only one of them is on TV, and that's on Sky Sports, which is a paid one, and that's the Man City Chelsea game, which is obviously the biggest match today. Yeah, yeah, and and then and then that game is sold out though, right? Because I think. Because uh, from, yeah. from from what has been explained to me before is that a lot of games only have bigger chances of being on the telly if, like, for example, like if it's Manchester City versus Man United and either the uh, either yeah. the uh, Etihad Stadium or Old Trafford is sold out where fans can't physically go to watch it. I think that's where they'll promote to put it on like a Monday Night Football or something like that for you guys. So what they so. From my from my knowledge, from what I have seen, so the bigger teams get so the teams try they try and do it where it's an equal split between the teams getting matches. So if we look at this weekend, for example, Aston Villa are playing again on Sunday. We're playing tomorrow, but playing Sunday, and it's Brighton Aston Villa. So that'd be mm-hmm. classed as a small game, but it's actually on TV because they try and give each, each team's fans a chance to watch their team on TV, and I think that's really good. But like, they're also we're we're on TV tomorrow as well, but we can go where we have two or three weeks where the Villa games aren't on TV. And mm. it's it's unfortunate, but they do try and split it so that the channels do get all exposure for all the teams, which is good. But it's not always if it's a sold out match because you could see it live and there'll be empty seats everywhere. But it's just that it, they've paid for that particular match. They have to they, they pay for the rights to stream X amount of games and then they either pick or get they get given some and then they pick some. I think that's how it works. But it, it usually is just random. But most of the time, the big team games will be on the television. So, so it's, it's, it's look at the draw. Right? So here's the thing, right? So I know that like a lot of teams, like Man United has MUTV, Chelsea has their own fan TV service. So my my curiosity is that with Aston Villa, I'm not sure if this is available service or not, but because yeah, I was say because if you guys have it, so if you can't find it on on TV or on Sky Sports or on BT Sports, do they do they like stream the game themselves on their own personal services for you guys? No. All of them, but usually the home games will be on. So, like on Aston Villa, it's UTV. I think Crystal Palace have their own one as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it's not always. But um, so sometimes it'll be on. If it's not on the team's thing, it'll be on like sometimes the Asian countries have it. Sometimes you guys will have it on like Peacock or something. Yeah. And uh, or ESPN. I've seen some on ESPN every now and then. But um, usually it sometimes they're just not broadcast. Like if it's an if it's an away match and that home team doesn't really have its own like streaming service, then you don't always get to watch the match, and then you have to go and. Stream it um, online. 
without mm-hmm. like trying to sound dodgy. You know? So v- VPN, v- VPN is where they come VPN. in clutch. You know, what I'm saying yeah, yeah. <laughs> coming, VPN coming very useful. Yes, me and oh, my yeah. brother. If it's not on TV, we'll find somewhere streaming it and we'll pop a VPN on and we'll watch it. Well, my, that's how much we love. Well, well, my thing yeah. is, is that like you, the Premier League has a deal with uh, Amazon Prime, right? Yes, around Christmas time, there's like a one to one or two week period where they'll have all the Premier League matches on Amazon Prime, and you can watch it. I don't know if it's available yeah. outside of the UK, but well, that's like, like, like I said, my friend, uh, that's where a VPN is absolutely clutch. Because <laughs> <laughs> my thing is, is that like, so besides like Robbie Lowe and uh, and Rebecca, oh, what's her name, Rebecca? Oh, I feel so disrespectful right now. Uh, I, I I think it's oh no, it's Robbie Musto and Rebecca Lowe yeah. on NBC Sports. Yeah. Besides those few, and then some of the people they get for the Champions League with uh, Fox Sports or CBS. Yeah, I think it's um, both. I mean, I don't know. CBS. I, no, it's CBS, CBS. CBS. So with them, they'll get like Thierry Henry. They'll get uh, uh, J- uh, Jamie Carragher. They'll get uh, Micah Richards and some of them. Where yeah, Robbie Keane sometimes. Is Robbie Keane, yeah. yeah. So here's the thing, like, so I don't I, like. I like some of them. But at the end of the day, it's just frustrating to hear most of the commentary coming from the American side of punditry. Because (laughs) it's like, look, we get it, Alberto Moreno. Like, you played in the MLS for two years, but that doesn't give you the right to give an in-depth analysis about, like, how... how how chair how Gerard PK decided to retire this week like that's that's the stuff that frustrates me a bit at times you know <laughs> I will agree with you on that because sometimes when using the VPN for example we'll get like the American broadcast and it's like they'll be commentating and they'll hype plays up that don't need to be hyped up they'll use words that are different they'll analyze plays that didn't need to be analyzed and miss plays that needed to be analyzed it's like look. I know you're trying to do your best for your audience and try to make it more for your audience, but you'd be better off paying that little bit extra to try and get some of the older British pundits for the Premier League. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, John, that's, years. well they, they, that's why they did a great job with sometimes getting John Champion, who I love. Yeah. Like, he's a commentator who I, like, I'll thoroughly enjoy, enjoy. But I don't know about you, uh, Jake, but most of the times when I'm watching a Prem game, I'll mute it and then I'll put on some true Geordie on the side and listen to the kickoff. That's just sort of like what I do a lot of times. <laughs> uh, I, I love the British commentary because the British commentary, yes, most of the time they'll favour the bigger club, which is frustrating. But like, take the take the last game when Aston Villa beat Man United three one. It looked like for most of the game they were just saying how Man United were playing bad rather than commenting on how Aston Villa were outplaying them, which was yeah. the frustrating thing. And it, they don't mean to do it, but it, it's just you know, if anything, you're gonna you're always gonna back the bigger team, and it feels it feels disrespectful. But what's that one goalkeeper? The Tim Howard, he's he's been a when I've seen American ones, he's been a really good pundit because he played in the Premier. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Like yeah. him, he's so he, he's a really good pundit. Like even though he's American and you know he's an outsider for say not to be in, not to be disrespectful to him because he's a great. Oh player. yeah, of course. But, but it's like great seeing an outsider that has that much knowledge because he's been in the Premier League, and I don't feel like he gets as much time be actually analyzing the Premier League games. And it's upsetting because he does a really good job for someone who's not like used to commentating on the Premier League the whole time. But I love seeing the American way of doing it because it's a different perspective, and it it it, it intrigues me, but it frustrates me. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. So the thing is for me is that Tim Howard actually, while he was still goalkeeping for Everton, he was also doing play-by-play commentary on the side yeah. for NBC Sports, yeah. which was really cool. And he recently just did a podcast with Ben Foster, which, by the way, oh, no, 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 no call to action. If you want, if you want uh, up the Foscast, you're more than welcome to on your own accord. I'm not telling you to do anything. But that interview was absolutely spectacular with him, and because uh, he he's brought on Tim Howard, 
He's had on Aaron Ramsdale, Casper Schmeichel. Yeah. He's even had on Jared Bowen. Like the the Fozcast is something I thoroughly enjoy listening to. I mean, sadly, it's on a, it's a Spotify exclusive now, so I have to deal with ads again, yeah. which um, you know, unfortunate. But you know, it is what it is. We take it on the chin. <laughs> but my question is for you, uh, Jake, is that what is your opinion on someone like a Ben Fo- a Foster and more players? Harping on more of the social media side than there has been in the past, because obviously we like don't get me wrong, I love Roy Keane. Roy Keane's a legend of Manchester United, but there's times where he just needs to shut up about like you know like the random yeah. like social media stuff, you know? Yeah. Well, so for my this is gonna sound insulting, but for me, the older players, so like Roy Keane, Jamie Carragher, the older players who are from a different generation, they don't quite get it as much. But then you got Ben Foster doing shit with Sidemen, doing stuff with the, like Chris MD, doing like, oh, how many goals can we score against the Premier League goalkeeper? And he gets involved in it, he makes a laugh. And it's because a lot of people watch the Sidemen around the world. Yeah. And it's given them another exposure to the, to the fun side of the sport because they see the Premier League probably as just serious, like, you know, you play the match, you play the win, you know, it's all just, you know, you put everything out there. But then the scene of the, the personalities and some people fall in love with the sport through the personalities in it. Like snooker, for example, I, I, I watch snooker here and there. I only watch the World Championship. <laughs> but, um, Wait, Jake, real quick, looking... real quick, can you explain what snooker is for our American audience? Because I'm uh, besides me and maybe Stephen, <laughs> yeah. no one else knows what we're talking. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, so snooker, snooker is a similar. It's similar to pool, but it's played on a table that's double the size, and it's it's a point-based game. So you got 15 reds, each worth one point. If you pot a red, you then pot one of the colors, which is like yellow, which is two points. Green's three, brown's four, blue is five, pink is six, black is seven. And basically, the, you have to pot all the reds, which don't come back on the table. So you do red color, red color. But the colors they come back on the table, and I think the maximum break is 147. It's it's a very strategic game. It's a lot more strategic than pool, and the matches go on a lot longer. But Ronnie O'Sullivan is like the most decorated player he's such a good personality and it, it, it got to the point where he only plays in a tournament if he needs some money because he's that good and uh but it's it's like like, like i say it's another british sport that i feel like could do with more exposure but again you look at sports like that and it's like they're all old game like all the greats are getting old and all the youngsters are coming in and it's like football we've got look at the Aston villa look at the youth program we've got going on we're bringing in so many young players at the moment and these players have all been exposed to social media, so they're going to be promoting more on social media, which is going to bring a new audience in around the world. So social media is important, but you have to get the right personalities to do it. I mean, like, for, for I know that's a big tangent. I know it's a big tangent with the snooker, but I got to where I was getting to. <laughs> no, it. I know, of course. But here's the thing: it's sort of it's sort of necessary because we can't have like a, a British fellow on and then not let them explain the certain things that are like only known to British people. So like, it's sort of like we have to give context for everything here. Context is key, you know. what I'm saying without a doubt. Yeah. Because you guys wouldn't, you guys don't know about snooker, but there's not much on social media about snooker. Yeah, yeah some of the snooker players come over and play in pool, like uh, Judd Trump. He comes and plays in the pool tournaments, and uh, I think he won one pretty comfortably. He played really well. But again, it's like our, our culture seems to be reaching out around the world, but you don't, don't get many pool players coming to play snooker because it's a completely different game. Oh yeah, without a doubt. It's, it's a completely different mindset. It's like most American football players won't come over and play football, or most MLS stars don't really come into the Premier League. But a lot of people from the Premier I mean, League, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, like I, I'm about to say, don't don't you dare disrespect Miggy Almiron, okay? Man <laughs> was a baller to... he, because he you know he had to, he he had to deal with Steve Bruce's manager for like three seasons. Yeah. Didn't get to really perform, and now under Eddie Howe, he's a new animal, and rightfully yeah. so. Yeah. yeah. 
Okay. So that's the prime this? example of MLS coming to the Premier League. Let's get a bit of a break there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I was just saying, like, not, not many come over. Oh, yeah, no, I agree. No, no, I, 100%. I agree. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's going to sound <laughs> insulting, but the only way I can say it is because the quality of the Premier League, the French League, the German League, they're all so much bigger than the MLS. Oh, no, of course. I, I don't think it's an insult at all. Soccer, it's just a fact. No, 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 without a doubt. But it's, but, but it's because soccer's not as big over there. American football, you know, if there was, like, American Football World Cup, for example, where people like say British teams or whatever played in it. I don't know if there is or not because I don't follow it but if there was the American team would probably dominate because it's, a, it's an American sport like yeah. it's, it's just it's crazy how different countries have their own sports and it just and some of them branch out like football was created here rugby was created here another great British sport I love it I <laughs> yeah rug, rugby rugby is a great one as well I agree with you rugby is great no body armor you know just men being men <laughs> yeah uh, but but the uh, thing no. the thing is is that um, because these these cultures and these countries have had it vested in for so long, that yeah. that the U.S. sort of like behind the power curve, where yeah, it's mean, sort of like we're waiting for the nerf to come for yeah. all the other teams and like the U.S. to catch up, so that way we're on like an even playing field. Yeah. But it's oh, it's oh, gonna yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's gonna take a bit. It's gonna take a bit, you know, because even yeah. even right now we have Americans like Weston McKinney in the city. Uh, we have Pulisic playing for Chelsea, who doesn't get enough. Who personally, I don't oh. think gets enough starts under Graham Potter. I, no, I, he, doesn't, he doesn't. I've, I've, I've got him in my ultimate team playing as a left wing back just to have that extra attacking threat. I know he's, <laughs> he's a great player. No, no, no. no, no. Play he's a great player. Back. Yeah, he's great. But then there's also Anthony Robinson at Fulham, right? There's also. Yeah, Gio Reyna. Oh, I mean, Gio Reyna at, at Dortmund. We've also had the likes of uh, DeAndre Yedlin, who was in the Premier League for no, years and years. He's someone yeah. who's a consistent yeah. baller. You also had, wasn't, wasn't, there, wasn't there an American Dembele as well? Was it Dembele? Um. Dembele. I think I know who you're talking about. I can't remember his name. But I will say, though, that uh, there was Josh Sargent playing for Norwich, but sadly Norwich was just like, you know, Garbanzo. (laughs) So there wasn't really that much help there. Uh, But my thing is, we're going to go to Villa now because you would talk about your villains. You love your villains. And oh, yeah. oh, I've got you, you're, you're really, you're, you're, you're really just like pulling at my heartstrings talking about how you just dominated us on the weekend. <laughs> I mean, yeah, and just, and just give you context right now. You can't see me, but in studio, I'm wearing my United kit. Yeah. I finally got my first <laughs> yeah. long sleeve kit. I've been trying to collect one for a while now. Finally got one for a steal. Um, but the, but the Aston Villa versus United game over the weekend, I think was spectacular performance by Unai Emery. Definitely. Because it was. First match in, he had so much going. Under Gerard at the end, when we lost that one coach, we were flat. We had no ideas. We were just playing through the same stuff regardless if it wasn't working. Unai Emery comes in and attack. We're going into a 4-2-4 formation, just full-on sending everyone up and then rushing back into a 4-4-2 in defense. We had, we had, we were dynamic. We pocketed out your key players. Granted, yeah. you had some injuries. You had, you had Fernandez suspended, unfortunately. Yep. Yeah. He's a great player. I loved watching him play. Even, even though he missed that penalty, the first penalty he had in the Premier League was against us. Yeah. And then he got that free kick in the next match to get revenge, which was, you know, sad. Yeah, but, pulling at the heartstrings. No, yeah. You, you, you played as good as you could, and we just had the perfect counter to you. Oh, yeah. and granted, I don't think we're going to play the same tomorrow. I, I, if we play the same tomorrow, we're stupid because you're going to expect us to do that. But I also think on the flip side, you could expect us to mix it up. Now, I think most of your players are going to be – I think I know Fernandez is definitely going to be back. Yeah. I know that much. Uh, but but the thing is, I think with Aston Villa with Unai Emery is that so as as Jake pointed out, uh, Aston Villa with Gerard Gerard had had a whole coaching staff around him where he was uh, able to delegate jobs of who would go where, of who sorts out what, and he had sort of a tactician with him, his assistant coach, yeah. who 
would sort of help him work out where to move around players, where to fix things. And Gerard was the man manager, right? Because like he's able to look at a player like, hey, I'm Steven Gerard. Like it's not like he's some like it's not like he's Graham Potter having to work his respect from coaching all the way at what the University of Leicester, if I'm not mistaken. Like yeah. he started all the way from like so. the bottom tier of coaching, making his way to the Premier League within a decade. And him having to earn his earn his stripes there. Meanwhile, Gerard had a whole playing career of like I've won the Champions League, I've been a top Premier League player for the longest time, I've been a top England player for a long time. Like, mm-hmm. listen to what I say, you know. So I I think him having that pedigree as a man manager was working for a bit. But as soon as you lose the cogs in your engine to sort of keep that going, that's where it doesn't work out as well. Where you know you yeah. feel bad for Gerard because obviously any new manager coming up, you want them to do well. But if, if if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. Like, I, I mean, the only other example I can think of this was I wouldn't say Chelsea with Lampard because Chelsea with Lampard was yeah, different. Cause, yeah, that was exactly what I was going to bring. No, up, because he's struggling. Well, he's he's, he's struggling, but he's not struggling at Everton. I think Everton. There's a clear way of where they want to play. It's just they are still within a rebuild of sorts because they brought in two brand new center backs in Tarkovsky and yeah. Connor Cody, which were two steals of a yeah, pickup, by the way. Connor um, Cody was a great pickup. He's a oh, great player. I don't know why Wolves would let him go, but it's besides yeah, yeah. the point. Um, yeah, speaking of Everton, didn't you let Rashadlison go, which shocked me because, yeah, yeah Rashadlison is a good player, but he's so inconsistent. Fi- financial fair play. Shocked. Financial fair play is the main reason why right there because Everton owe a lot yeah. of financial fair play. Um, they do. And, yeah, Lampard's having a rocky start. He has some big wins. I think they beat us recently. Well, I mean, here's the thing: they 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 put us they put us to our they really pulled us to our pastures when it came against United because that United game it was it was not an easy game. It started off with a Wobi banger. Like, let's just not like go yeah. over the fact how much Wobi has evolved from being someone oh, who was yeah. on the fringes at Arsenal to becoming one of the best midfielders in the Prem this season, without a doubt. Oh. No, he was at Arsenal. He was he was at Arsenal before Arsenal. I returned. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, Dominic Calvert Lewin, great oh, yeah. talent, so injury prone and so consistent. This is a great young talent for England, but I think he's. I don't know what it is. He's 25. He should be peaking right now. No, but I, I think I think he has had the proper time to develop DCL. Um, obviously, as you said, injuries keep holding him back, holding him back, holding him back. So yeah. he really hasn't been able to hit his stride. Because obviously, we see how good of a player he is. Yeah. When it was him, Ancelotti, and James Rodriguez, we saw his talent at full works there at Everton. Yeah. Like, we know how, mm-hmm. how good of a striker he is. I think it's just be. the service that surrounds him. If you, if you put a good service around DCL, I feel like he'll definitely... Uh... Yeah, but right now, are you kidding me? Their, their output oh, yeah. is... I mean, first of all, the fact that they got James Gardner really upsets me. The <laughs> fact that we let him yeah. go to Everton really upsets me right now. I'm not going to lie. He's someone who's yeah. levels above Scott McTominay. Like, I, I like McTominay, youth talent. You want to see him do well, but he's a mid-table Premier League baller as be- at, like, at best. Mid-table at best. Yeah. Just, if we're staying on the topic of Everton, two good pickups I've had recently were Decore and uh, Damari Gray. No, really I, I, yeah, but I think you have to give credit for them to getting Onana. Onana six five in the midfield, really being a physical presence. Like yeah. he caused a lot. Well, he he. Well, from from what I saw, from what I saw with him against United, he was basically what Adrisa Ganagay used to be at Everton before he left with height. 
That's yeah. what I'm sort yeah. of seeing from him, which is really impressive because Adrisa Ghanagay, before he left at PSG, was probably the most stupid career move in his life. Yeah. Before he left for <laughs> PSG, he was averaging six tackles and interception per match with over an 88% pass percentage rate, like pass completion rate. And his ball progression numbers into the final third were absolutely mental at CDM. Like, that just goes to show how supernova he was before he left. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know, actually, if we go back to Everton, one of the biggest shocks from Everton was the fact that before they got rid of Rafa Benitez, they let let him sell Luca Dean to us. Yeah. Yeah, that one. That one, that one was, I felt like Rafa Benitez was spiking them. I felt like he knew he was going, so he wanted to take away one of their best players. He is, Cracking play. That free kick is scored against you. I hate to pull on your heartstrings, but that free kick was disgusting. Oh yeah, no, I, the, know, I know. Did you watch? Did you see, did you see? Hear the British commentary on that? Yeah, I, I, the I, I, commenting, I, uh, commenting on the fact that the wall was placed wrong. If the wall was placed for the left footer, because I didn't expect Dean to take it. Yeah. If the wall was placed better for the left footer, it probably wouldn't have gone in. It probably would have hit the wall. Yeah, it made it so much harder. But they, they placed you placed it in a weird spot, and I didn't even think of that. But. Staying on Villa, we've got Philip Coutinho, who has not been performing recently. Hopefully, he's under injured. Emery, he can shine. Well, yeah, he's been he's, injured, he's injured but, yeah. but the thing is... That, he's had a lackluster season. No, yeah, he, well, here's the thing. Last season, he came in. Uh, he was finally he finally was able to escape from Barcelona. He was finally able to link up. He had and, some moments of brilliance. But you know what it is? I, I think Villa, when they finally have that front three like actually starting together, because ever since they bought Bailey, Ings, and Buendia... Oh. It's taken them about a year in, and then them, some to even right. get them starting together. Yeah, that's true. Because they've all been injured right. outside of each other. Yeah. Uh, Bailly yeah. was out last season with what? Knee injury? So he couldn't really play for most of the season. You Man, had- He was injured. He, he'd get injured, he'd come back, play a few matches, get injured, and it was sad. Yeah, but exactly. And then you also Bailey had Danny Ings, talented. who was picking up random ankle knocks that we haven't seen him get in his career before. You also had Buendia, yeah. who was coming in and out of the side. Yeah. And oh, then as, was a great time. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, without a doubt. When, yeah, I thought he was going to go to like a top level team. Like, I'm, awesome. not, I'm not, I'm not saying Aston Villa's top level, but oh, you know what I mean? I thought, I thought, I, I thought he was going to go like top six, like, personally. No, I thought like a Tottenham or someone was going to pick him up. I tell, I tell you what the saddest thing this season for Villa was. Ludwig Augustinsson, first start for the team. You know, I hadn't seen him play. I was excited. Bloody gets injured in his first match. Yeah, Augustinsson is someone who so, I, I've seen play in La Liga before for Sevilla, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And he was someone who was like, what is this, like, six-foot Swedish lad doing in the league right now? Like, talk about looking the complete opposite from the rest of the league right there. Like, he makes no sense. Yeah. Also, the confusing thing for Villa, we picked up Callum Chambers. We've barely played him. He is a cracking defender. Honestly, with Ming's inconsistency, he should have been given a chance. That's Conter's inconsistency, he should have been given a chance, and he wasn't an ill. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I will give you Tyron Ming's being inconsistent. He should be better. But don't you dare... Disrespect the boy Ezri Kanta. I love that man. Yeah, that he he oh, he's, a, he's, a, he's been player. lights out for Aston Villa when he plays. Lights out. He's, he's a great he's a great player, but he has been so inconsistent throughout last season. Last well, season, last season so he had well last season was injuries, and then also they were try, they were rotating him between Twanzebe, House, and also mm-hmm. Tyron Minks. Yeah, there was it was rotating yeah. between them four. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what it was. Yeah, the most exciting talent. A Villa though Just is Cameron Archer, without a doubt. Oh yes, yeah. the most exciting. Along with how does Louis how, Barry, who how current- wait, wait, my question is how does Aston Villa pull the Kamara signing when everyone and their mother in the summer was trying to sign no, him? Yeah. That's we, had, one- we had Steven Gerrard. The Steven Gerrard. <laughs> that's true. Same thing with Diego Carlos. Though. Yeah, 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 Diego Carlos. I mean, that's someone where the first two games he was great and then gets and injured. injured. And then yeah, even he's not. Due- 
But this no, past weekend he played, if I'm not mistaken, right? And he showed yeah. what how much of a difference he Kamara. makes in that back line. No, yeah, Carlos is still out injured till February. Oh, it was yeah. yeah. Who was it that started over the weekend that was injured? I'm trying to remember. Uh, when we started the weekend would have been who would that have been? Oh, it would have been Dick, Dick, Luke Dean. He was injured. Oh, Luke, Luke Dean yeah, came yeah. back from injury, right? That's who it was. Sorry, yeah. confused my players. Yeah, we got he, Coutinho, we got Coutinho out injured as well at the moment still till yeah. the end of next month. Which is yeah. sad, but, yeah. you know, hopefully we could see him play around Christmas. But no, Cameron Archer, he's been doing good. And Louis Barry is not talked about enough. He's out. Who's he with right now? Cause I've got him followed on FootMob. FootMob's a great app, by the way. Oh yeah, don't, don't worry. Just letting you know, FootMob is like the resident app we hear at Match yeah. Week. <laughs> like anytime I'm like, yeah. Steven, check the stats. Go straight to FootMob. Um, yeah, let me check if Louis Barry's out right now. Yeah, cause yeah. I've got him followed. He's at Milton Keynes on loan. Uh, yeah, Jacob Ramsey, yeah. Jacob Ramsey, oh, oh my yeah, god, he's, these are gems. But yeah, the Louis Barry is um he's on loan at Milton Keynes until July next year. Yeah. And yeah. he's he's been doing great. He's like he did great at Swindon. He scored six goals at Swindon. And he's we got him from Barcelona, if I remember right. Yeah, Barcelona yeah, Academy, Barcelona, which was yeah. yeah, I don't and get some of these sales that happen sometimes. Oh, yeah. when it comes to like they're, they're yeah. all about like La, La Masia. Meanwhile, they're sending out to other like youth clubs. Like, yeah. ah, why not? We don't need them. The best transfer we did though, as sad as it was to see him go, was Grealish. We got a hundred billion for him. Back. He barely performed at City. He barely performed at City. No, because he you want. No, you know what it is. I, this is the best way I explain Jack Grealish. Jack, Jack, Jack Grealish. Sorry, like I'm messing my words. Jack Grealish was 110% a Alex Ferguson player, without a doubt. Yes. That but is someone... You have to let him play his way. Exactly. Like, that's where, like, like if, 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 if Fergie had him, he knows, like, okay, you do you on the pitch. You help us win the we'll game. Play around you. Don't, don't worry. Don't worry about the system. But that's the issue with him at City. He is not a system player yeah. with Pep. He, will, he does not fit Pep's, Pep's system at all. Pep's system is always possession-based, passive move, passive move. Grealish yeah, yeah. is a flashy player who gets the ball, he makes the runs... And he plays his own way. We played around him. We built the team around him. Yeah. And then, because of the release clause, if, so if, if a club offered 100 million and they were a Champions League level club, we had to let him go. And he was been lackluster there. And it's sad to see him be lackluster because he's, he was a great player for them because we played around him. We let him play his way and it worked. But now he's having to play in a different way, surrounded by superstars. He's not performing and it is really sad to see. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he's definitely one of my favorite players to watch. In the I mean, here's the when you see him play for England, you see the player that Dra- Jack Grealish can be. But yes, it's, because, because Southgate doesn't play. Speaking of Southgate, he needs to go. He's fucking. He's not doing good. At all. Yeah, Excuse me, um, I'm sorry. yeah. I was saying we have to. We're we're live on air with FCC rules here, uh, Jake. So we gotta watch it with the language. Uh, luckily, yeah, I, I l- l- luckily we have a, we have a, we have something here to help us out. But you guys just help us out a bit there, but yeah. You know? <laughs> I will. I will. I'm sorry, but no. Um, Southgate, his way he's been playing for England. We're playing. Well, playing England has been very defensive. Yeah. I don't know if you saw the match against Italy recently. Which oh, we I saw. Have won. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, it was just so bad. It's always just, you know, play back, play defensive, really slow. It's how he used to play as a player. Really slow, really methodical. And he was a great player. But he's not doing it for England at the moment. And as much as I love him as a player, as a manager, it, I, I feel like we need something different. Because if we're going to perform in this World Cup, we need to have the flashy, yeah. in, flash in the attack. We need to have the, the big, fast build up, the quick build up, the quick attacks, and we just don't have that. I mean, that's but that's but, the team you sort of have, though. It's like it, when when you're going to have a midfield three of, I mean, I, oh, they're not they're not even going to play a midfield three. No, in Southgate, they're going to play a back no. five with two in the middle and then three on no, top. We, yeah. we usually so in Southgate, we either play a back three or a back four. If we play a back three, we can play Maguire because Maguire plays well in the back three. No, no, no I'm sorry, Maguire should not be called up. I'm I'm saying this right now. Maguire cannot not. get called up. No, but he should not be called up, and neither should who was I thinking of? James Ward-Prowse. 
James Ward Prowse and Henderson are the the two I wouldn't call up, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, I agree. James Ward Prowse, only good at free kicks. Amazing, (laughs) amazing, amazing free kick taker. Beyond that, not got much else playing for him. And Henderson's just getting too old and too slow. Well, I mean, like, I mean, Henderson, there's an argument for having him in the locker room because you need someone with that experience and that leadership, which makes sense. I agree. But when you should not be captain. Yeah, uh, I don't, I don't know what's up with Harry Kane. I, I, I think I, that, that whole debacle in the summer really just threw everything off for him. I, my, my wholehearted belief is a midfielder, sh- a midfielder should be captain or a defender because they're in the middle of the play. They're in the middle of everything going on. Yeah. Especially in midfield, they're, they're literally in the center of the play. So they should be making the calls. Not some striker just because it's a big name and really good should he get the captaincy. You see, like, my, also shouldn't be captain. Which I think goalkeeper should be a captain. That's, that's the argument yeah. I'll make. I think because ah. the goalkeeper sees everything on the pitch, right? They have a whole view of how, and then they have to organize the defense. They have to organize the team. And everything starts from the goalie sending out the messages of where everything should go and everything follows suit. Because the goalkeeper is yeah. is the stagnant one, the one that's watching the game at all times, because they can't lose their focus whatsoever. We're gonna give your captain bands to Pickford or? or oh no, not, not Pickford. Oh, no, Pope, no, yes. No, no, Pope. Pope, Pope, yes. <laughs> not Pickford. Pope over Pickford. Pope and Ramsdale over Pickford. Pickford, I mean, got the nickname T Rex over here because he seems to have short arms because he can't seem to make the saves, and then all he yeah. does is shout his defense and blame his defense. Yeah. Granted, some of the plays at Everton, the defense has been the, has been at fault, and you know. But you can't just shout at your defense all the time. Well, I, I, I do have to say players. Pickford has had a better season than the past couple. Yeah. He has been doing very well with Everton this season. I think that's also been the yeah. big help of having but, a, a, a huge improvement defenders. in defense. Because don't get me wrong, Michael Keane and Yerry Mina are good, but they're not at the level no, yeah. of a Connor Cody oh, or yeah. Tarkovsky. Oh, yeah. Also, what you've got to look at is uh, Newcastle, right? Nick Pope is at Newcastle. They've already conceded 11 goals. But also their and defense is insane. Really they're yeah. def- with oh, yeah. Dan- First off, I'm saying this right now. If England fans cannot agree with the fact that Dan Byrne should get called up, you do not have a right to say who should get called up. I, I, haven't, seen, I haven't seen enough of him, but I also think that with Matt, with Matt Target, he left. That peed me off because he oh, left yeah, because he didn't want to compete for his spot in the team. He left Villa because he didn't want to compete with Dean for the spot in the team when that should be what's driving him to play better I mean, to get the, his spot. Yeah, back but, but yeah, but yeah, but meanwhile, Matt Target's not even starting because they have Dan Byrne playing at left back. Like, yeah, exactly. So, it's exactly. Like, so, he's, so he went from a team where he was getting guaranteed game time and probably would have been rotated out between him and Dean yeah. instead of Ashley Young being there. Uh, he went to just sit on the bench and it's it's sad because Ashley Matt Target was a great talent. We had a great backline with him. Yeah. Matty Cash, even though he switched to Poland. Great player. Oh yeah, Matt, Matty Cash. Matt, what, a, what a baller. Matty Cash. He start, He started out as a winger, and you can see it in his play by how yeah, he plays. Right yeah. Back. Well, he was. But, uh, yeah. He was also another person that was on the Fozcast. I feel like we, we low key yeah. promote them all the time. No call to actions here. Um, but he was also another person on the Fozcast, and his story was really interesting because. He talks about how, like, from, from, uh, the youth academy setups of not being guaranteed, uh, always rotating through clubs and stuff and starting out as like a midfielder, as a winger. And then for only the past, like, three seasons in the Prem is his first full, like, real yeah. three seasons at right back. Yeah. yeah. Which is absolutely yeah. mental if you think about it. If we stay on the topic of wingers playing in def- defense, Chelsea recently played Sterling on the left wing back. Well, I, I, th- I think that's just Graham Potter who likes to tinker. And I think yeah. that with having Chilwell being a little inconsistent and sort of forcing Cucurella to play more as like a left center back, yeah. that having Sterling who 
likes to press in the ball, who will work, but who's obviously not as talented. I don't think he's as good as everyone makes him out to be. But oh, anyways, it's not. It's, it's a bit over. It's a bit overrated. But playing a, a like a, an attacker as, as a wing back is great because they know how to run up, they know how to get up there, and they will have the work ethic to get back because they want to prove themselves to stay in the team. And hell, Sterling is the kind of player I feel like where if he's being told, look, if you want to play in the team, you have to play it as like in a different position he'll do it he's got a great work ethic but yeah. he's just he goes down too easily for tackles he goes down too easily for penalties and he's just very again he's another inconsistent player we have a lot of inconsistent players at England but when Sterling is playing at his best he's an incredible oh, yeah. incredible player oh yeah without a doubt one of, the, one of the players of the generation well here's but, the thing it's yeah. like I feel like he does get the mick taken out of him too much from the English press where they, how he runs. Well, just because of like how he runs, but also like they'll always like do a lot to always pull him down for no reason. Where meanwhile he's like one of the like most like kind-hearted, one of the most like promoted yeah, and boastful he's, players. He's, like his his big spokespeople against racism in football, which I have big respect for. Racism in football should not be a thing. It shouldn't matter what color skin you are. If you're a good player, you're a good player. Well, I mean, we we saw this in the after the Euro final, right, where a huge huge wave of racism hit a lot of the players. Yeah. I mean. It was mainly Saka, which was... Well, Saka, Rashford, and Sancho, the two that were subbed on the 118th minute, by the way. Where is the logic in subbing on two of your most dynamic players in the 118th minute just to play two minutes for penalties when they've never taken a penalty on as big of a stage as the Euros? Like, where is the logic? Also... Also, Kielin should have had a red card because he basically choked Saka when Saka had the ball pulling on his collar and all he got was a yeah. yellow card. No, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which is very fortunate. If he hadn't been on the pitch, he was the one who scored the winning penalty. But also, I mean, pitch. not to give credit to United, but Shaw, oh. Berto Carlos scoring in the final. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah. But no, like, no that, that final was full of controversy. Not just saying, I'm just saying it as a neutral. Like, as an, as oh, a, yeah, yeah, of course. Say, yeah. yeah. But that tackle, that Pulling at the collar should have been a red card because that put the player in danger. It was reckless and it endangered the player, which by the definition yes. of the law should be a red card. It was foul play. It was violent conduct. And um, real quick, was, you are listening top of the hour on WMSC Upper Montclair. Continue. I'm sorry. We have like stuff we have to do here on the, uh, on the radio station. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's fine. Like, <laughs> but no. I mean, that's the thing, though. We've got so many good English players in the Premier League and, and abroad now. we got... Um, T- Tammy Abraham's he's out at Roma I think he's at Roma if Tammy doesn't get called up there's a big problem okay. Tammy Tammy yeah. Abraham who's at Roma he has been lights out in oh, the yeah. city yeah. like it's actually insane you got, yeah, you got um, Bellingham who's at Dortmund yeah, at Dortmund? yeah, really, Dortmund. yeah. I think Liverpool have reached an agreement with him to possibly sign him in January well supposedly um, well supposedly United's are in, the United's in talk with him as well to uh, have him on a pre-contract yeah. in the summer so a lot of yeah. English clubs want him without yeah. a doubt yeah, and um, it's nice to see the England players going around. I mean, we've got um, Smalling. He's oh, where's Smalling at? Oh, Roma. Chris Smalling's at Roma oh, as well. And he's someone. I'm sorry. He was an underrated defender at Manchester United. Yeah, he was, okay, in that 14-15 season, in, in in that I, I, actually no, I would say closer to like the 15-16 season. Within that two season stint, he was probably one of the best play, one of the best defenders in the Prem. Without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah. I'll say that wholeheartedly. I don't care about uh, Vincent Company. Uh, Virgil van Dyke, get out of here. You're still at Southampton. <laughs> Gary Cahill, go, 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 go transfer to Bournemouth and then just retire. No one cares about you. <laughs> no, all jokes aside. But no, like seriously, I think he's someone who's been very undervalued, especially for the England setup. And then also, we can't forget about Tamori at AC Milan, my guy. Oh, yeah. Oh, true. Yeah, true, true. That's very true. 
So, but yeah, that's the thing. We we produce so many good players, and so many of them go abroad because they don't get as much attention in the Premier League because some players can't play the Premier. The Premier League is a completely different way of playing. You know, yeah. Premier League is very fast paced. It's very much you know, it's a very fast paced league. Whereas you look at the French league, it's very much slow with this with the only the like attackers really being fast. But then again, there's only a couple of good players, good teams in the French league. No disrespect to them, of course. Well, I mean, uh, um, full, really I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, full, full disrespect. They are a farmers league, the the uh, league in yeah, plain and simple. Same with the Germans, because, oh, well, I mean, I mean, I mean, like ten years uh, in a row. I mean, I mean, Jake, the Bayern Liga, we have to give some credit to, you know. <laughs> no, look, come on, <laughs> yeah, for, for, for Bayern Munich, only like ten years in a row. Okay, but okay, so so sort of transitioning more into the World Cup talk now. England, oh, they're yeah, they're they're not going to have Reese James. How are we feeling about that? Um. Not, I'm not overly worried. Reese James is a good player when he's playing at his best. Well, I mean, when he's not performing, he's very lackluster, very underwhelming. I mean, here's the thing, but we haven't seen that many lackluster performances come out of Reese James. Like he's he's one hey, of the we few have for players. England, I mean, he's uh, the best player at Chelsea. <laughs> I mean, yeah, right now, England is a big state. The it's best a much players are right stage, back. But he's a good player, right back. But we've also got Trippier, we've got Kyle Walker. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, also we also got Trent. I mean, I don't know what your opinions are about Trent. Trent, Trent's a good player, but I feel like he's a little bit overrated. Well, here's the best way I explain Trent. Trent is if David Beckham played right back. That's the best way to explain Trent Alexander-Arnold. I was gonna say Trent's kind of like a Porsche. You know, you you buy it because you can. It looks nice. It's a little bit fast. It's a little bit nice. But there are better things than a horse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, I, I think um, I, I think having Trent and Trippier and calling up because Kyle Walker will play. But also we have Ben White. Ben White, who's been out, who's yeah, been outfitted at right back for Arsenal. But if I'm England, well, actually, here's the thing. So if if if, if you're let's go position by position for with you. Let's go goalkeepers, defense, midfield, attackers. Who are we calling up for England? If it's up to you, Jake. Okay, so my starting eleven for England would have to be. It's a tough call between Ramsdale and Pope. I'd have to. I think Pope just edges it for me in goal. Just it slightly edges it. It's not, it's, there's not much in it. It's really close. I think left back wise, we're looking at looking at like Chilwell. Easy. You're looking at Shaw, obviously, because Shaw's a great player. Um, hell, even a surprise curveball pick, Ashley Young, with how he's been playing recently. Oh yeah, you know what? Actually, took, like a- a- Ashley Young's like 37, but I give credit where credit is due. There, like he's yeah, actually he's been, been still doing well for Villa. Villa. Yeah, yeah, he's not got the pace, he's not got the flashiness anymore, but he makes up for it in pure hard work from the from the start to the end of the match. But also, his his football his, his footballing IQ is still there. It's not yeah. like like oh, he's always he's yeah, always he, been a smart player. I mean, Lukaku said when he played with him in, was it Inter Milan? Was it Inter? Uh, Inter and Man United. They were together at both clubs. Yeah, uh, yeah. He said Ashley Young is one of the best players ever played against, played with, and that was when Ashley Young came to us. He was praising him. Yeah. And he said he's going to miss playing with him. So, so that's probably my left back between those three. In centre back, it's a tough call for centre backs because we've got so, so many choices. You, so, Cody. so I have a question. Do you want me to give mine first so you don't feel that pressured? No, I'll get by first. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. 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 You, you, you do no, you, bud. You do you. It. Just trying to help I've you. I've already started it, so I might as well finish Okay, it. you go, you so go. Centre-backs are, are probably going to go with Cody. Mix of, you rotate through Cody. You rotate Maguire here and there. He's not performing the best, but you've got to give him a shot. Because he is a good player. You go with You're Cody. You're too nice. You're too nice. Maguire. Maybe you throw some Mings and Concer in there just again as another curveball. No. Not just as a Villa fan, but they have been doing pretty well. Um, I think Cross is a good defender for, for England. So I want to throw another one in there. 
Um, you also have Kyle Walker, who plays center back. You have Ben White. You have John Stones. You have Tamori. You have Dyer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to put Stones in it. Dyer, <laughs> no. Dyer's passed. The Dyer's washed. Okay, yeah. Um, I, I just threw him in there because I wanted you to say that. Thank you very much. Yeah. But at right back, right back, you got to consider, you got to consider it between Trent. You got to put Trippier, Tri- Walker in there. Right. But all of those can play center back too. All of those can well, do I think that could also play out of the right So way. here's the thing, like, if you're to make a back three, in my opinion, it has to be, Ooh, this is a tough one. I think I would call it as Stones, Tamori, and Walker as your three center backs. For my back three, I'd go Maguire, Stones, and uh, Walker. Yeah. You're, Maguire you're, you're, is really good in the back three. Maguire exactly. is really good in the Here's back thing, three. Here's the thing. This is the one way. Here, this is the one way. He I hate Maguire. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I, when I defend Harry Maguire, I say this. At the international stage, he has a team where everyone is protecting him. Okay, he has his left yeah. back, his two center backs, and his two midfielders that are always there around him to protect him from mistakes. I will always say at yeah. the England level, he does differently because he has a, a support system around him. At United, you yeah. can't afford to have a support system because it takes away from how dynamic of a team you can be. Now we can continue. Yeah. My only point with Maguire is he plays well in the back three at Man United. He's, play, he's always played well in the back three. He's really yeah. good at it. That's why I'm picking him if I'm going to the back three. For going to the midfield now, Phillips has to be in there. Yeah, but Phillips, Phillips is injured. He, he, yeah, but he's Phil- not going to he's not going to yeah, be yeah, making it to the World Cup. Injured, I don't think he's going to be called. Yeah, he's not going to go to the World Cup. But if he wasn't injured, Phillips has to go. But you'd probably play Rice as your you know defensive midfielder. Yeah. He's a great great player. Um, you probably play him with Mount. Mm-hmm. You have to have Mount in there. He's, he's another cracking player. Well, I mean, for for uh, Southgate for some reason he's been playing Mount as like a right forward sort yeah. of someone who likes to free roam around and help out in the midfield yeah. and the attack. Yeah, so you could play him midfield, you could play him in, on the wing, you could play him in any of those positions, and he'll do well. Um, then I'm gonna go with, oh fuck, no, I didn't say that. I said feck. Don't worry about it. Um, no, um, for midfield, Ramsey. Ramsey needs a call up. He needs his shot. He needs. So you would choose uh, Jacob Ramsey over Bellingham. Yeah, over Bellingham. Yeah. Okay. Hundred percent. Bellingham has not done well for England. He's played a couple of times for England. That's a hot take. Well. That's a hot take. Because yeah, like, I'm gonna take a reason. Because if you're gonna play with the back five, you're probably gonna play with the midfield two. And if I'm picking a midfield two, don't get me wrong. I, I think Jacob Rice, Rice is, is extremely talented, but it's just no, no. But but for me, if you're gonna do a midfield two, it's either Rice and Bellingham or Rice and James Madison. In my yeah, James Madison, Madison, I'd play on the wing. I'd play him on the left wing. But right but wing. then on the wings though, you have people like no. Foden, Sterling, Saka, Rashford, even Ivan Tony, who's been experimenting in those roles. Like that's someone who hasn't even been mentioned for a shout yet, and he's been insane yeah. this season. He's been playing well, yeah. But I'd still have to consider Ramsey the midfield, no matter what number of people in there. You got to consider Ramsey. He is an up and coming star, and yeah. I think he needs his break at the England squad because he he did well in the twenty one England squad. He did really well. He scored some goals. I feel like he needs a sh- needs a chance. But that's where it gets complicated because we don't have that many good people in, in defense. But when it comes to the midfield and the, the attack, we're, we're stacked. We got so many bright midfielders and attackers. It's it's too many to choose from. But I, I think also I, I think also there's a point that Southgate has his favorites. Yeah. So oh, he does. we we so we won't see a lot of the players that we want to see in the England setup, right? Exactly. Exactly. You'll always see Kane in the attack. You'll always see Sterling there somewhere, and you'll most likely always see Rashford there. That's probably the, the front three going to go with. But yeah. Foden over Rashford, hundred percent. Yeah. Foden is better than Rashford. Actually, low, low key. I, I mean, low key with how with the system that Ten Hag's put in place for a front three. 
I mean, having a Saka, Foden, and Rashford's front three, I think, would be really beneficial for England. That's just I my would, personal opinion. Pers- personally, I'd love to see Kane, Mount, and Foden. Yeah, but I think because so here here's the thing I love and hate about Harry Kane. Harry Kane is someone who, when he doesn't get the ball, he'll drop it to the midfield, pick up, he'll find the passes. That's what he's exquisite at. But I think at the international level, you need people who are going to prioritize trying to score you goals. Because internationals, it's not about how great a football you play. It's about how many goals you can score. I mean, he was top scorer at the last World yeah. Cup. Yeah, but also the yeah, last World Cup was a different team. Let's be real right now. I mean, it was it was a different yeah, team. You can't, you can't exclude that. It's like I know I can't. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I, <laughs> but I think it's the same argument that goes into Harry Maguire. With someone who's been so out of form... Someone who's been struggling in the international setup when it comes to because the Euros he didn't really do much. The Euros yeah, was I, I a lot of the, the Euros was a lot of Saka and Raheem Sterling doing a lot of the heavy work at the front line. That's yeah. whatever it was. Yeah, yeah, I will agree with you on that. But Harry Kane, given the given the service from if you got Foden yeah. amounts up there. Oh yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah without a doubt, I I, I I I think Kane definitely deserves a shout no, without yeah. a doubt. Yeah, if you got if you got Mount Kane and Foden up there, they're gonna be whipping balls in. They're gonna be because they're all creative players. Those Mount and Foden are two of the most creative players we've got. Well, They'll be whipping yeah, balls talking. in. Mount would be going back and getting the ball in midfield and bringing it Fair up the, and yeah. giving Kane the service. If you again, it's very reliant on giving Kane the service. Well, my thing That's is, is that problem. Phil Foden is probably one of the best English talents we've seen since Wayne Rooney. I'll say that right now. I hate to say it because he's, he's a he, he's a I hate to say it because he's a city product. We don't like city on this show. Anti-city. But give credit where credit is due. He is someone who is a talent for the future. Because, I mean, like, besides, like, I see him at the Wayne Rooney level because at such a young age being so, like, talented on the ball and slowly but surely learning his footballing IQ and learning how to play the game in the Prem, I think it's just building another level of his stature that he could reach. Yeah. Also, if we go back to Kane for a moment, you were saying that Kane's, you know, not been doing that good. He's, he's second top goal scorer in the Premier League right now. Yeah. Well, yeah, but ah, ah, what do you mean? Ah. Erling Haaland. He's, Erling he's Kane. A bloody machine. I know, like, but that's Erling the thing. Haaland's a robot. Like, it's just. I mean, I do have to give him credit because he's Son, just getting overshot. He's getting overshadowed by uh, Holland at this moment. I mean, yeah, yeah. that's the only thing. Holland. But, but, but Kane is Holland doing brilliant. That's the thing. That's what I'd like yeah. understand. People, two, Wait. Of the, two of the top four, two of the top four goal scorers are British in the Premier League. You got Ivan Tony with eight goals. You got Harry Kane with eleven. And you got Erling Haaland with eighteen. Uh, but like but me, I would, I would, I would, I would give more credit to Ivan Tony because of what he's had to do to get those eight goals. Because he's had to take free kicks, he's had to make sure he's getting on the penalty spot, he's had to make sure he's creating chances from open play for Brentford. That is someone who I would give more credit mm. to. Because Spurs right now are playing dreadful football. They really are. They are. They're, they're just they're sitting, they're, they're playing anti-football. They're just yeah. playing Conte way and- of sitting in the back, waiting for the pressure, waiting for the pressure, and letting Kane take a random pot shot. That's really what it's been lately. But he scores yeah, and it. And then you've got... I mean, yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, to your point, you're right. Is, he does with, score. With he does Ivan score. Ivan Tony is that, is that he hasn't scored against uh, many as different uh, PL teams than Harry Kane this season. That's what I'm saying. Well, I think Ivan Tony's issue, I think it's just his service. Like, uh, Jake's been making the point nonstop. A footballer up top yeah. can only be as good as the service behind him. 
Yeah. I, I yeah, say you like give Ivan Tony as good as his defense. I definitely think you could give him a, a shot. Oh yeah, hundred percent. But I mean, actually, that that argument sort of goes against for like David De Gea, who kept United up for like seven seasons with oh, a horrendous yeah. defense. Well, to be fair, to be fair, we have McGuire. Wait, 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 actually, on goals. Wait, wait, wait. Actually, hold on a second. We gotta talk about this. How does David De Gea not get called up no, to yeah, Spain? I, I don't understand why he. Didn't How? Get because up. I'm not saying this as a United fan. I'm genuinely looking at this Spain squad, and don't get me wrong, I love Unai Simon. Unai Simon for uh, Athletic Bilbao is a solid goalkeeper. But, I think he's good. But just, but De Gea you're telling has the experience. Me, you're telling me that he's on the level of David De Gea. Like, someone who's been a certified Prem player since like 2011 when they signed him from Atletico. Yeah. Who's won, who's won Premier Leagues. Who's made Champions League appearances? Yeah. Who's who's single-handedly kept United up for numerous seasons? Uh, obviously, recently he's been on and off. I can say that without a shadow of a doubt. He's not. He hasn't been 110 percent himself. Yeah. But he's still a top quality goalkeeper. Uh, I definitely think this is like the weakest uh, Spain squad we've seen. Probably. Like, I, I, th- I think it's the youngest Spain squad. Well, we've youngest, seen but time. also like a little bit weakest. It's a really young Spain squad, yeah. But Unai Simon, he's been playing great. He's no, a yeah, really no, good no, no, I understand, like, but I, I, I think it's the same argument that that England has, where it's like, oh, do you pick Pope, Pickford, or but over Ryan Sanchez. or or Ramsdale? But like, that's what I'm saying. Like Sanchez for Brighton, he deserves a shout. Um, like, he deserves a shout, but it's just, but just but certified. it's just like just, there's no way you don't call. Like I understand he's not the best distributor of the ball. But when it comes to a World Cup, you need someone who's a shot stopper, yeah. dude. Like you cannot overcomplicate it in goals. Someone to stop the shots and boot the ball forward and let the rest of the team figure it out. That's the simple yeah. goalkeeping basics you need, especially at a high level. Definitely. But it all comes down to performances and David De Gea, because of his because of his unfortunate luck because he's getting a bad defense, he's let a lot of goals in last season. Well yeah. It's a shame. He's but, like, he, don't no disrespect to him, he's a really good goalkeeper, top class goalkeeper, one of the best in the world, easily. But I, I think I, I, I think right now this Spain defense is better than the United defense of the past, like not this season, but past season. So well, I, I, I think I think that's that's something you have to give trust in. So yeah. it's 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 a it's a really tough call. It really is. Yeah. But it is a really tough call. I have a question. Have you seen some of the other uh, confirmed World Cup squads? No, I have not. I haven't really been following that yet, and I should be. I'll probably. Have to so probably if if you don't mind, I'll mention them for you. Uh, we have the Croatia squad announced. We have oh, nice. the Switzerland squad announced. And we have the Brazil, Brazil squad called. Now, nice. I do have to give a big news report that Sadio Mane will be missing the World Cup. Yeah. Oh, wow. He is, he is missing the World Cup due to injury. That broke my heart. <laughs> it, broke, it broke everyone's heart. Because like that, that just goes to show how horrendous it is oh, having yeah. a World Cup it's, in the winter, it's terrible, and why we shouldn't allow Qatar to have it in the winter. But you know, it is what it is. I understand it's going to be 170 degrees in the summer, and guess what? You just don't like. But the good news is, sun, sun is playing though. Sun is playing. Yeah. Yes, that is a big positive. So for Brazil, I think this is controversial for Brazil. So obviously, as you would know, Jake, Allison and Ederson rightfully called up, without yeah. a doubt. And then the whole club of Everton being called up. No, I'm just joking. Uh, there's a there, there's a goalkeeper named Weverton. I thought it was like a funny pun, uh, like yeah. Everton, Weverton. Huh? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm so stupid. That was such a bad pun. What the hell? I, I know. I know. <laughs> it was bad. Oh. Um, so, uh, so, <laughs> so for defense, hold on. 
for defense. This defense is controversial. I'm going to say why in just a moment. Danilo, Danny Alves, Alexandro, Alex Tellez, Thiago Silva, Marquinhos, Eder Militao, and Bremer. Who is the one name we're missing right now? Uh, Gabriel. Gabriel for Arsenal. Uh, Diego Carlos has been injured. Juan yeah. Amami has been injured. Oh, no. Gabriel has been an uh, absolute lights-out defender for Arsenal. Yeah. Arsenal are top of the league. And you're telling me you don't call up Gabriel to the World Cup? People are supposed to be saying that Saliba yeah, covers up Yeah, but look at the quality they've got there. Militao has been great for but Saliba Ravage. covers up for his Alexandro mistakes. Alexandro has been supposedly. having a great, yeah, that's a great season. Yeah, but here's the thing. But like, uh, Gabriel is like a more dynamic player where it's like if oh, yeah. you want a back three of Militao, Marquinhos, and Silva – Guess what? He could fill in at the right flank no, instead of having a 40-year-old Danny Alves or a Garbanzo Beans Danilo. I'm not mad over Danny Alves. I'm mad over Bremer. Danilo has been doing good. What the hell? Do but you the thing mean is, Bremer's a good means? defender, but I prefer Gabriel over that. Well, no, like da- Danilo, he's not. The thing is, who else would you have in that right back position besides Danilo? Danilo. That's where like you could sort of experiment, throw Gabriel there. Gabriel ha- in his career has played at center back and right back. Hmm. Pull, pull Ben White with him. I think. But like, you, you can't do, do that in the World Cup. You can't just randomly just. Okay, you know what? We're gonna try to put you. In I'm right sorry, time. but like, I mean, Bremer, right like, don't get me wrong. Bremer for Torino has been lights out. No, he has been the best for, defender. But, but for Juve, he's been, he's been the best defender in the Serie A for that Torino season. But if we saw already um, Romero, how he went to Spurs, he's just been average at Spurs. And he, he was the best no, defender. No, no, he was no, the best defender no, no. At, at Atlanta. Yeah, 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 but like, no, I, I think Romero's been the reason why Spurs hasn't conceded so many more goals. Him and Lloris has been carrying that back line. Because Eric Dyer, who's a danger in the back line, we can obviously agree, right, Jake? Yeah, definitely. Eric Dyer, who's a danger in the back line. Yeah, we saw him against Liverpool. Christian Romero has been helping. Plus Langlet, I think that's someone who went under the radar this season. Langlet for yeah. Tottenham has been pretty solid. Yeah, I would, I would say, but. I mean, that's that's been my biggest gripe. I think you can't have someone whose team is top of the Premier League and who's been starting nearly every game of the Prem yeah. and not have them called up. I think it's a bit ridiculous. Would but, you would you agree, Jake? Or would you I would disagree? agree, but I would agree to a point, but also some of the players they are calling up over that person have been really good. No, like, yeah. I feel like Danilo's had a really strong season. Exactly. Sandra's had a really, really strong season. <laughs> I'm not into Daniel, Alex, 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 who they called age, up, though. Are just, are just gladiators in defense. Well, here's the thing. Marquinhos Don, is a classic. Oh, yeah, yeah, no. But here's the thing. You could make that argument for Danilo, but Alexandro's had the least minutes out of any Juve player in the past two seasons. But who else would you put in that left-back spot? Lodi? But he's also so just, 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 just play a back three. Like, just play three center-backs and let the rest of the team go wild. It's just that that's not how they play. That's not how Brazil plays. So you have to understand, like, sometimes Brazil just have, like, the I coaches know, has, Brazil, like, they, Brazil they have their the system. Just like, just like Saki has, has his uh, system, the, the Brazil manager has his system. He likes playing yeah, with, yeah. with the Brazil, left back and right back. Plus, Brazil have pretty much always played four at the back. Exactly. Always that's exactly. That's it's just the way Brazil like, plays. Like, Brazil usually will play a four-four-two or four-three-three. They don't really change that. Who else would you put in that left back position? I mean, you have Alex Tez, but he's below par. I mean, but here's the—he's had a revitalization back at Sevilla now. Because he's, it, he's okay. because he's been playing at left back, and they have allowed Acuna to play more of like a center defensive mid center mid role, which where Acuna really thrives because he's like that dynamic left back that's yeah. not really a left back. You know what I'm saying? That role that we were seeing like develop out of these past couple. You also have Lodi, and then, um, right now Lodi, he's he's gone this he's gone Nottingham Forest. Yeah, but he's, I think eh. Nottingham Forest's biggest problem is that when you sign 21 players to to 21 new players to your club. Yeah. You can't expect all of them to gel so yeah. well so and fast. And then there's this uh, left back at uh, Atletico Madrid. I think his name is Enrique. I'm, 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 
Oh, yeah, Luis Enrique. They signed him from... Uh, I think it's Portland. They, they signed him from, I thought they signed him from the Ligue 1, no? I don't even know. Like, like, Chow, like Chow Enrique's name was it? Yeah, I thought that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought they signed him from Ligue 1. He's been okay, too, but I think Alexander's just... Okay, you know what? He's the guy with the most experience. He's no, the guy. Sandro, I, I He's understand. He's the guy with the most, you know, pedigree. So like, don't get me wrong. Like, Sandro, I understand, but, like, but like I said, like, Juve has not been wanting to play him, and I think that's sort of a bit of a concern for no, someone yeah. like Juventus. But moving on to the midfield. In the midfield... Of course, Manchester is red. We have Casemiro and Fred being called up. Come on, come on. <laughs> no, all jokes aside, Casemiro 100%. Fred, that's 50-50. I don't know if I agree with that one. Bruno Gimaresh. Oh, my God. What a baller for Newcastle. The fact he's getting called up is insane. Yeah. We also have Lucas Paqueta, and we have Fabinho, who's really good. Yeah. And then from the Brazilian league, from Flamengo, we got Everton Ribeiro. I, I looked into him. Uh, he did really good in the Copa Libertadores. Like, like, like I said, dude, Brazil's calling up the whole same thing, Everton same team thing right with, now. So. <laughs> I'm surprised they didn't call up this a guy named Everton actually from Benfica. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, he's yeah, yeah. He's brilliant. <laughs> but I mean, when you have so when you have the players we're gonna talk about in a bit performing really yeah, well, no, no, then, then, I think the forward then, line's really hard to like make it into. No, yeah, definitely. What, what do we think right now about a lot of these Prem Brazilians? Basically, all five besides Everton are Premier League. Footballers. I think it's pretty spot on. What do we think, Jake? Okay. I think all the ones that have been called up for Brazil, really good players. They've yeah. all been performing. The Brazilians have been performing really no, well yeah. in the Premier League. I mean, and there's... It's, it's really good to see. I think Fred's a really good pick, too. I, I think Fred, if he's honest... On the Brazil team. <laughs> no, 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 no. Like, Brazil, if he's, like, not in his own head. Yeah. I think that's the Fred you want, because yeah. there's times where, like, Fred is a workhorse, and yeah, he'll pull exactly. off, like, these random nifty things, and he'll get you into space and find the right if passes. We, if we get the, the prime Fred, then, then yeah, yeah, yeah. he'll like, do if we get, really good at the World Cup. If we, if, if, if we get Fredinho, you know, we're yeah, chilling. Fredinho, but, there we go. <laughs> we're chilling. <laughs> but, um, no, I, I think Fred is a really good workhorse and a good dynamic option to have yeah. for Brazil. Like, don't get me wrong. I don't think he's one of the best players at United, no, yeah. but I think he does have a role in So what would team. you be your midfield three? Oh, without a doubt, it's Casemiro, Casemiro yeah, Bruno Guimaraes. And Fabinho. People are saying if, but I don't well, know. Fa- I don't, Fabinho. I'm a little bit iffy about Fabinho. Though. Well, Fa- Fabinho or Paqueta. Yeah, I, I don't. Paqueta. I, I don't know if I want to have a holding midfield of Casemiro, Fabinho, and but Bruno Guimaraes def- in front yeah, of them. Saying, we could definitely grow on Casemiro as a holding mid. Well, because dude, even in the prime, he's but, been doing but so Fabinho, well. Fabinho is really good too. Like I, I think that's where we have to give kudos. Like don't get me wrong, Casemiro won the three P with exactly. Real Madrid and then won it a fourth again after that. Like he's at, he has four Champions League under his name. He's been lights out in the game. Like he's 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 considered that like midfield dynasty of like Cruz with Modric. You know, like he's a part of that, and he's someone even for his age at 31, handling the prem, doing well. Yeah. So I think that's somewhere to give credit where credit is due. And even so, like Bruno Gimaresh, you can't no. not have him start. Like, have you seen Bruno Gimaresh for Newcastle, Jake? Well, they have, yes. He's been doing pretty well. No, he's been seen, yeah, like, he, it, Bruno The thing is, like, I'm, they're saying that Neymar's going to play central attacking mid. There's no way. You don't think There's so? There's no where's way. Where's he, he going to play? There's no way they do that to Neymar. No. Where's he no, going to play? It's just, look, okay. Here's on the, the left fo- wing, that's no, 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 Vinny's spot. No, 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 no. Okay, so listen. So here's <laughs> the four. Wait, hold on. Here's the forwards that were called up for Brazil. Neymar. Vinicius Jr. Gabriel Jesus. Anthony. Rafinha. Richarlison, Gabriel Martinelli, not the other Gabriel we want, but yeah. we still got a Gabriel, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, Rodrigo and Pedro, uh, Pedro from Flamingo. Yeah, he's he's top scorer of the uh, couple of Libertadores. Yes. Now, 
How do you pick a front three out of that league? <laughs> Look, wow. Vinny, Vinny so Richarlson. That's easy. And then people are saying Rafinha. I, we could roll today, I guess. With uh, I'm not gonna lie. Play. No, Neymar. I think it's easy to pick a easy to pick a front three from that. Play, play, take, uh, play Neymar at striker. People are saying play Neymar striker, but he doesn't. That's, that's the, the well, thing. No, is, let him play like a false nine. Like let I'm saying, like no, no, that's the thing is that you can't just you can't. You're not the manager. The thing is, the manager has his system. If you guys watch Brazil, Copa America, and the qualifiers. He, they don't play that. Hey, 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 Steven. Hey, hey, Steven. Hey, Steven. Match Week is a great organization, but we're also a fan show. We can say whatever we want, right? Take, no, you're right, you're right. take, take your proper analysis no, yeah. and take it to ESPN, bud, right? We're going to be a bit different over here. No, yeah, no, I, 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 okay, Neymar, but just the thing is like, He's not going to play that. He, he likes Richarlison. No, I agree. No, no, he no. He loves so, Richarlison. No, it's it's probably going to be Richarlison or Gabriel Jesus at the striker spot. And I think it has to be Ga- Ga- uh, Jesus over over Richarlison. Jesus over Richarlison? In my opinion, because Well, Jesus... if, if we're talking current form, but the thing is, in the Brazil squad, Richarlison is a different breed. You, you yeah, I at, know. Did you see him at the Olympics? I, I know. I, I saw him at the Olympics. But, okay, yeah. But I, I think the dynamic play that Neymar can, I mean, that Gabriel, Gabriel can bring for Neymar and Anthony. That's who I think my front three would be. I'm not going to lie. No. Because Vinicius, I think he's great to come off the bench to maybe take off Anthony and have Neymar switch sides. <laughs> no, he's been, this is not playing bench. Yeah, I I mean, <laughs> He's no, playing on the no. left. A- A- Anthony, Anthony's starting. Right? I Anthony's do think I can, make an argument, <laughs> I, can, I can make an argument for Anthony. No, no. Uh, so what are we thinking, Jake? What are we thinking about this Brazil front line? My front line, pretty easy. Gabriel Jesus, Neymar, and... And Vinicius Jr. Oh, I, I no think questions. I think I, I I I think he cut out there uh, after after uh, Neymar. He did say Anthony. That is true. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just joking. No, no, no. I I look okay. United bias aside, I'm I'm pulling the propaganda out. All right, I 100 has to be Vinicius, Neymar, and Gabi Jesus. So where's Neymar gonna play the striker role? You're saying Neymar's no. playing on the left. No, I think so I, Vinny no, gonna no, play? no 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 no. I think Neymar's gonna go out right. And then have and have Vinicius play left because no, no Vinicius has been bossing up that left wing. You cannot say when, Vinicius when you does have not play pure right, right wingers wing. like Rafinha and Anthony. It's like that's their spots, you know. Yeah, but then like <sighs> Neymar, Neymar is gonna play. Wait, in the do sec- you see why I thought Neymar at striker and have those two? Bo- I can like, see the, the false nine though. I can see the false because nine. like I, I can agree with that because I th- I think that because of how versatile of a player he is yeah. and him playing that role a couple of times for PSG that he wouldn't mind like. Yeah. Playing the more advanced role and looking for someone to play one twos into space and play the obviously tiki taka ball. I think it's just a position where Neymar thrives more. They're gonna put him there and then just. Slide. Yeah, but you also have to optimize the rest of the players you yeah, have. That, that so true. if Neymar is more versatile, but Vinicius is left wing and you have to play him left wing, I think that's where you sort yeah, of have yeah. to make the but compromise. It's just the Richarlison, like the manager, just loves Richarlison. I don't know what it is, but well, I mean, he loves the who, 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 He's been, he's been brilliant for Brazil, though. No, but you can't blame him, though. Like, but the thing is, for people are saying, oh, why did Firmino get picked over Richarlison? Now Richarlison, I would say, why did Firmino get picked off, picked over Rodrigo? What? Yeah, Rodrigo. But I'm sorry, but like Anthony, Rodrigo, Rodrigo has no, no, no. I'm sorry, but Anthony, Rafinha, and Gabriel Jesus. Oh wait, but we need to the Pedro wait, guy. Wait, 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 hold on a second. We haven't even talked about Martinelli at all. No, he's class. Oh, true. We haven't talked but about him. But dude, he's like class. Martinelli has been sensational for Arsenal. Like that—that's the funny thing. That Arsenal front three is basically like Brazil, and it's like soccer. Like, hi guys. No, yeah, you people know. are saying that it was either between Martinelli or Firmino. But I think I think no. was, I think he got it spot. No, it was it was. I I, I think it's gonna be over. No, but no, that, that, that's the, that, that was the manager's choice though. That was yeah, the manager. but this manager, like, I think he's gonna choke the, la- the, World the last Cup pick. Right was, the the last choices. like pick was Firmino or Mart- Martinelli. And they said they picked Martinelli over Firmino, the manager. 
I mean, if we're going by, but if we're going by but form, I, but Firmino, I think it was pretty spot. No, but here's the, but if we're going by form, Firmino has been in no, just yeah, as much been, form been, as Martinelli. I think though. Firmino should have been called up over the Pedro guy. Because then, because then, if you have Firmino, you could play him in that midfield three. Yeah. He'll play as that like Cam and like yeah, exactly. Because if there's one thing Firmino's good at doing, he's good at dropping in between the lines of your wingers he's the and best your midfielders. Striker. He's the best. <laughs> He's really good at dropping into that space in between your wingers and your midfielders and picking out the proper passes oh, yeah. to, for the link-up play. I, I think, think that's what he does agree. really well. The thing is just like people saying, oh, the system, oh, you know, the managers in play. You know what? Well. When you have a talented squad like Brazil, you yeah. throw the system out of the window. Well, that's, do, you, that's, do, do you think there was a system when Pele played my guy? Do you really think there was <laughs> there a was system? There was no offside. <laughs> there was no offside. There was no, there was no need for a system. Come no, on. Yeah. <laughs> Dude. Well, yeah, but <laughs> I do think Firmino needs a shout, but it's just no. I, I mean, like, at the, at being a Brazil manager, I think it's tough. But to so take there's there's injuries that could happen, and then you know, one man, one but man that's, down. But that's why there's a in. there's a 26 man squad where if you have an injury, you have people. No, I mean, like before the World Cup, I'm pretty sure they can make changes. Oh no, so they already did that. They had their 33 man squad of yeah. like submitted of like. So this is a 33 man squad we submit. Yeah, and if anyone gets injured, those extra what is it? Seven players, we could pull from one of them to get called up instead. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So it's sort of like a rotation system. Oh, it's wow. like the reserves of the reserves. Pretty wild. Okay. Um, because that's where Jesse Lingard was for the Euros, and they were like, "Oh, we're not gonna call up Lingard." Meanwhile, the man just called off, came up, came off like a six-month insane season. Yeah. So like, get off. They would have won the Euros with that. Oh, they would. Oh, I can't. <laughs> the, bro, Jay King's my guy. Oh, crazy. Built different. <laughs> Actually, I want to hear your opinion about Jesse Lingard, Jake. What do you think about Jesse Lingard? He's a good player, but he just hasn't performed at the top level in so long now, in my opinion, at least. Well, uh, it's I, just been disappointing. I, well, what I think is that United really uh, made him backtrack with yeah. holding on to him instead of letting him go. And I think I understand him going to Nottingham Forest and maybe investing in a future with that club of helping them out. But when it's a club that has to sign so many new players, that's a risk I wouldn't have taken if I were him. he just... Uh, Destroyed like his, I don't know, like going to Nottingham Forest. He should have went to West Ham or Newcastle. Well, no, I mean, because it's because it's because it, Nottingham oh, Forest. Imagine, off, bro, imagine Jay Kings at, at at Newcastle right now, my guy. No, yeah. <sighs> but the thing is, like Nottingham Forest offered him supposedly two hundred thousand a week. Like they gave him like the highest uh, wage. Well, yeah, let me like get your bag. So respectfully. he was like, all right, let me get my bag and like you know, get, let me get your he'll bag. Probably, respectfully, he'll probably leave. Well, after. I, I think also if I'm Jesse Lingard, when you've played for one club for so long. That the next yeah. club you go to has to be like there's a project that I'm invested in there, yeah. but it's also helping me personally. Yeah, but look at West End, look at look at Newcastle. They definitely had problems. Yeah, but also also he just went not, for nine and four. But also, the no, no, no. But I think also the manager makes a big difference too, because yeah. like at Steve Cooper, like if I'm Jesse Lingard, I'm talking to James Gardner saying, "Hey, how was your time at Nottingham when you were there with the championship? How did it go?" And Henderson was already committed to going there alone. Like, oh, hey, Hendo, if you're going there, I'll go there with you. You know yeah, what I'm saying? So, so that's true. I think familiarity of systems and and priority talks with players, I think that's when we sort of made that decision. Yeah. What is your thoughts, Jake? Um, managers make a big difference. Um, if you look at, if you t- like taking take Grealish, for example, again, look at how he played under Dean Smith when he was allowed to play how he wanted to play, and look at him playing under um, Pep Guardiola. Completely different player. Yeah. yeah. The manager, it's not just a manager, like there's two completely different teams that play completely different ways. But, Again, if a player gets the right manager that believes in him and will give him the chances and will help him grow as a player, then the, it's going to be great. But it's all about getting the right manager and the right team around yeah. the right player. I do agree with it's that. a lot more to it than, oh, you know, this player does, does this, 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 and this, but like, how does he fit into your squad? Yeah. Yep. I mean, and speaking like, of players big, fitting into certain squads, we're going to be going to Switzerland, 
And we're going to talk about how half of the Switzerland national team is Albanians. Um, I'm a, <laughs> so they didn't really give us like a detailed lineup. They just more so gave us a list of names on Twitter. So we're going to just go through like player by player. If you know who they are, cool. If you don't, so be it. That's fine. No one expects it. But uh, so, oh my God, this is going to be so tough. Uh, Mitchell Abishir. He's, don't know who he is. I'm not going to lie. Uh, Kanji, of course, yeah. sensational center back for City, and also when he was at Dortmund. Credit where credit is due. What are you giving yeah. me, Steven? Oh, Steven. Wow. That's so nice of you, Steven. <laughs> Steven gave me a detailed list because, you know, Steven's just that guy. Built diff. We appreciate him. He's sort of like, the best way to explain Steven is like, anytime I try to say something, he's like frantically trying to like make sure I'm like being properly. Like, he's right. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> that's sort of what's been happening. So. Let's go real quick. Let's go by goalkeepers. So goalkeepers, they have Koble from Borussia Dortmund, which, by the way, why is it that Dortmund only wants Swiss goalkeepers? Uh-huh. They had Roman Berkey. They had... Uh, I mean, they're good, though. They're good. <laughs> they have Koble. They also had the backup Swiss goalkeeper as well. I forgot his name. Yeah. And then who was the keeper they had in, when they made it to the Champions League final? Oh, they had... Uh, oh, I had him in FIFA. Weinfeller? <laughs> Weinfeller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was the he only was the German goat. they've had in like the past like decade like, of goalkeepers. Goat, man. <laughs> Um, so we have Kobel, we have Philip Kahn from Salzburg, I think, isn't that not? Like yeah. Like Kahn's son? Like, no, they wait, different Kahn, never mind, I'm sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, Jonas Omlin from Montpellier, who's been doing good, and Jan Sommer. Jan Sommer, yeah. For Borussia Mönchengladbach. Now, obviously, yeah. Jake, yeah, you're, you're the Premier League connoisseur here, but, <gasps> I mean, who are you calling up for goalkeeper? Goalkeeper? Out of who are you starting? Jan out, out of Jan out of Jan Sommer. Yeah, he had a yeah. Jan Sommer. I want. I, 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 without I, a doubt. I, I really wanted to make an argument for Koble because of how well Dortmund's done the back line yeah. recently, but you have to put in Jan Sommer without yeah, a doubt. Definitely. Without a doubt. Uh, so defenders. I mean, Akanji, of course. Of course. Come on. Akanji for oh, City yeah. has been. First of all, the fact that City got him for so cheap yeah. got no, me so free, no. upset. No, no, no. I think no. it was only like twenty, thirty million. Oh my god. Like why? Why did City get bought? It was a steal. Why? why? United couldn't go in for him. Schmucks. Schmucks. Uh, so and then they have Aray Comer from Valencia, Nico Elvedi from Borussia Mönchengladbach, mm-hmm. Ricardo Rodriguez who plays at Torino. Oh, yeah. He was at he's, AC he's Milan. Good. He was at Wolfsburg. That guy. Left back. Fabian Schar for Newcastle who's oh, been great this brilliant. season. Uh, oh, Sylvan yeah, Widmer for Mainz. Never heard of. Him. So I, I think that back line is obviously going to be. I think they might flirt with the back three with Akanji, Elvedi, and Char because those are like their three best defenders. Yeah. And then for midfielders, they have Ed Milson Fernandez of Mines. He's okay. The Ekuche Z Shiptar, Grani Chaka <laughs> from Arsenal. That's right. Albanians make up the Switzerland national. Yeah, there we go. There you go. The flag. I love it, bro. Um, we have Fa- uh, Fabian Frey from from Basel, who's really good. Uh, Remo Freuler from Nottingham Forest. Oh, he, had a good, uh, he was really he was good. good. Well, no, he was really good at the Euros, and he was also really good at Atalanta. No, yeah, he was. It's just obviously at, oh, at Forest. Why you're, mm. Huh? Why did he go to Nottingham? I, I forgot he moved there. Well, I think because Atalanta, they're on a bit of a downturn because they lost yeah. their manager. A whole bunch of players were rotating out. So this is a bit tough. Yeah, it was really tough. You have Ardon Jashari, who is another Albanian playing for Switzerland. That's right. Uh, he plays for, I don't even know this team. Wow, crazy. I'm not even going to attempt it because the name's so weird. 
Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. My ball nod is off today. You have Fabian Ryder from Young Boys. You have the other Albanian, Jordan Shakiri oh, from yeah. Chicago Fire. That's right. Wow. The career. Yeah, he's still probably that's so, he has had such a crazy career. No, yeah. yeah. Mans was at like Inter Milan, Bayern, Lyon, Stoke City, Liverpool. Now Chicago Fire. Why not? And then they also have. Yeah, mix it up a little bit. Yeah, 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 I know, right? Like, talk about, like, a diverse player. Uh, then we have, uh, Jibril Sao for Frankfurt, who's been really good. Renato Stefan for, from Lugano. And then we have Dennis Sicaria from Chelsea. Yeah. And then we have Michel Absh, uh, Abishner, who we talked about before, who name I butchered, I apologize. <laughs> now, for that midfield, let's start with Jake. Jake, who are you picking? Uh, which team are we looking at? Uh, uh Switzerland, Switzerland. Where they have uh, majority uh, Albanians I'd, in their in their call-ups. I'd say you got you got to go with Xhaka and Shakiri. They play really well together. Shakiri, yeah. yeah, they they play so well together. Then honestly, it's a tough call because I haven't really seen much of Zakaria for Chelsea. I haven't seen much of him. Oh yeah. Well, he has been. They haven't really been playing I, him. I don't know no, why. But I think he's still. Wait, with, with Conte. With Conte. Really by the way, I can't believe we just missed over this. Conte missing the World Cup out for four months. With Conte injured at Chelsea, yeah. how is Zakaria not playing more? But still, wild. Exactly. France not I mean, going to have He scored Conte. on his first little game, like, yeah. uh, in the Champions League. I don't know why. I don't know why anyone, anyone allowed him to go to... Guess how much he went to Juve for? 30 million. 8 million. Oh. <laughs> 8 million. Wow. Because his contract was going to expire in the summer, so they bought him in January. No, he's, he's, for 8 million. He's a class player. I don't know why he doesn't, like... <sighs> frustrating. Yeah. Very frustrating. And now Chelsea have him alone. Like, <laughs> we're Chelsea. We're smart. Same off. thing they did with Saul. Saul. Saul, yeah. But Saul had a really bad season, though. Yeah. So, Jake, so you're going to pick uh, Granit Chaka, Jordan Shakiri, and who else are you picking? I'll tell you the Forest one, Remo. I mean, the bloody hell. Foiler? yeah. <laughs> um, so, my yeah, midfield uh, is going to have 110% Ekuchezi propaganda. It's going to be Shachiri. Obviously. It's going to be Chaka. And it's going to be Jashari, plain and simple. My Albanian midfield. That's going to win you the World Cup, plain and simple. Hey, you, come on. <laughs> Steven, who are you picking? No, yeah, definitely. I think, I think like, uh, Shaka, Shakira needs to be there. And then. Come on, come it, on. Uh, no, I don't know. Hey, come on. Hey, <laughs> no, I think I'll put Froiler in there. Yeah, I, okay, okay, okay. Bias is, okay, again, I'm going to pull the propaganda out. I'm going to just try to, like, not leave it in there. Uh, 100%. I think Foiler has to start first. Yeah, really, good, really good Euros. Hopefully, he does the same. Now for the front line, you have Briel and Bolo, who went from Mucinglad back to Monaco this summer. Yeah. You have uh, Fasnak from Young Boys. You have Okafor for Salzburg, oh, who's been really good. He's been really good, yeah. And you have Seferovic for Galatasaray, who was originally oh, yeah. at Benfica. Don't forget. Yeah, he's good too. And then you also have uh, Vargas, who plays for Augsburg. He's young, man. I think that front three is Mbolo, Okafor, and Seferovic. Yeah. I think you don't start Seferovic. No, you're definitely. Jake, what were we thinking? Uh, Hold on. My uh, Chrome was lagging. I was trying to look at the squad again. Yeah, Chrome. Bro, okay, so just have a little little side topic while Jake's figuring out his Chrome issues. Why does Chrome eat up my GPU every time I'm on a computer? I want to know. That's just Chrome. It's just like, why do you have to use use a GPU to run uh, like a a, a search engine? I don't understand. (laughs) Like, so I'd say honestly, looking at 
the, the how few forwards are taking you just have to play Seferovic yeah as a, as a solo frontman as a so, but but like oh, obviously Mbolo can play the wing. He's he's very versatile. Oh yeah, Mbolo. You, you have to Okafor play those two. I think Okafor play can those play the two in the front too. I mean that's the thing. Like like so that's why I'm saying Okafor, Sefervic, and Briel Mbolo because yeah. you have Mbolo out left. Yeah, I'll agree you could, you could have yeah, Okafor out the, right, and you can have Sefervic in the middle. Players, yeah. So yep, that's right. Yeah, so I agree with that. Switzerland sponsored by Albania. Uh, let's see how well they do in the World Cup. Yeah. And then now for Croatia. The the finalist of the last time for the World Cup, well, it was Croatia versus France. Now in goal, these are oh my god. Here's the thing, my my, my Albanian presentations <laughs> are on point, but when it comes to the Croats, I really struggle. So Dominic Lukovic, 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 Ivusic, and Gerbic. Yeah. Now I'm not gonna lie. I only know one Croatian goalkeeper who plays for um Matthew? No, 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 no. I'm thinking the no, he's he's Slovenian. Oh, everything um, else. you're thinking of Old Black. Old Black plays for Slovenia. No, yeah, you're right. No, there's, no, no, there's a garbage face for Letico. Oh, does he actually? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you know what? I'm gonna pick garbage because of that. I mean, I, <laughs> just because of that. I think there's a call called Subasic. He he didn't get called up though. Subasic. Subasic is a center back. You're thinking of you sure? Yeah, positive. Oh, Subasic was the center back for uh Borussia Dortmund. Oh, I might be right. Um, but yeah, I, I think just because, no, 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 I'm thinking of, oh wait, uh, Dajel Subasic. Yeah, he played for Croatia. I mean, he played for, uh, uh well, yeah, played for Monaco. He did play for Monaco, that's true. No, but there's also a, um, oh, what's the, what's the team name, man? He, he's like an 82 rated goalkeeper in FIFA. <laughs> I, that's where I know him from. FIFA, uh, he, he plays, uh, Dynamo Zagreb, the goalkeeper for oh, them. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Him. I think he's Croatian. If he's not Croatian, then I am yeah, I prejudiced, and I apologize for that. Um, but anyways, goalkeepers, I think that's just up in the air. We don't know too much about them. Now, defense, we have Vida, Wolverine, Barisic, Jurhanovic, Gavardiol, Gavardiol yeah. Sosa, S- uh, Stanisic, Ehrlich, and Sudolo. Hmm. Now, uh, I think the only one I know well enough is Gavardiol. I'm yeah. sorry, people. And, and my Lovren. ball knowledge is off today. Please excuse me. What about Lovren? Lovren? Lovren. Ah. He's pretty good. There's a reason why he left. Oh, and Vita. Yeah, Vita. I mean, Vita Benchiktas. Lovren. Yeah. He's, I think, at Benchiktas now too, or is he in uh, the Portuguese league? Uh, Vita? He's in the uh, Greek league. No, 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 no. I know Benchiktas is Greek league. I'm talking about Lovren. No, Benchiktas is the... Uh... A, oh, they're Turkish. Oh, uh, to my <laughs> Turkish Albanians out there, I apologize for confusing Turkish with Greek League. No, yeah. Uh, don't um, hurt me, please. Vita's in uh, Athens uh, on the Greek League now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have the team. <laughs> and then, uh, of course, you know, Steven's here to correct me. And then, wait, where's Lovren at? I keep asking. Oh, He's where? in uh, Zenit. He's at Zenit St. Petersburg? Yeah. That's wild. I sent, I sent you the okay. Yeah, that's kind of wild, actually. Yeah. I, was, I thought he was still in like the Portuguese League or something. That's crazy. Um, so I think just Gavardiel guaranteed. The rest I wish I knew more of. I apologize. Oh, and that's my notification going off because Steven texted me. Uh, <laughs> I, Steve, I, I know that the, I just don't know where they're from. I know. I yeah, this is a team there. They, so now yeah. the midfield I know very well. Yeah. We have Luka Modric. <laughs> we have Mateo Kovacic. We have Marcelo Brozovic. <laughs> Mario Pulasic. We have Nikola Vlasic. We have Lovro Mayar. We have Christian. <laughs> 
Jokic. And then we have Luka Susik. Talk about a stacked midfield. I mean, Modric, Kovacic, Brozovic. There's no other, there, there's no other midfield three you can convince me of. <laughs> Palisic is pretty good. Pal, Palisic, yes. Palisic, I mean, he played. I don't know about Vlasic. Fun fact. He's a Chelsea, Chelsea Youth Academy graduate. Really? I think still on loan at Atalanta. No, yeah, yeah. He is. But he's been, he's been pretty good over there. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> Nico Vlasic, I think he just didn't hit the ground running at West Ham because everyone expected him to be that Jesse Lingard replacement. Yeah. And he never was. But I, you, it has to be Modric, it has to be Kovacic, it has to be Rosario. Yeah. You, you can't convince I, me. I, I do agree with that. Jake? Yeah. What were we thinking? <laughs> Which team are we looking at again? Uh, Sorry, Croatia, Croatia, Croatia. Croatia, Croatia, Croatia. So we're looking at goalkeepers? Midfielders. We already, we skip goalkeepers and defenders because we just don't know them all that well. We only know Gavardiol and okay, that's it. Okay, so midfielders, you've got to play Modric. Awesome. Yep. You've got to play Modric. Uh, Lukas Susic for Red Bull Salzburg. He's been pretty good from what I've seen. Really? Uh, Kovacic okay. as well. He's, he, oh, yeah, he's he has, a, yeah. I think Kovacic. And then I think it's between... Vlasic and Brozovic for me. I, I think it has to be a midfield three of Brozovic, Kovacic, and Modric. That that's just like there's no See, other Vlasic, midfield to convince Vlasic you. Vlasic has been pretty good too. Yeah, but like, but again, he's yeah. been he's been iffy for West Ham though. That's the problem. Yeah, but he's not West Ham anymore. Did he just leave? <laughs> no, he went to Torino. Yeah, he went to Torino. Yeah. Oof. That doesn't still change my opinion. <laughs> not gonna lie. And then now for the attack, we have Perisic, Kramaric, Pe- uh, Pekovic. Orsic, Budimir, and Lavaya. The question is, is they going to play? Are they going to play Perisic on, on like left back? He's or? definitely going to play left back. I think he's going to play like left wing, maybe. Yeah, I, I'm no, actually, or, le- or like left wing back. Probably. He's definitely playing that left flank. Yeah, Kramaric likes to play like oh, a false nine. No, but he's like when he played for. Oh. Oof. I think it's. I've, no, I've, no, I think no, I've no. only seen him at Hoffenheim. Yeah, it's Hoffenheim. <laughs> so when he plays for Hoffenheim, he plays more of like a cam slash center forward. He does not play as like an out and out nine. You got Petrovic and Budimir too. Budimir is your striker that yeah. you want, and then Orsic is pretty good too. Well, yeah, but Orsic is a winger, so I think you could put oh, yeah. Orsic out right yeah. if you do play at Perisic. Yeah, pretty good attack actually. And then for the rest of the day. We're still expecting. So here's the three teams that were supposed to announce their teams today. It was France, United States, and Croatia. So far, we have Croatia. Brazil's already made their announcements. And we already got Switzerland, who came out of left field. Supposedly, USA's got leaked. Got leaked? Yeah. <laughs> I want to see where the leak is. Let's pull that up. Because I'm not going to lie. If there is it's no... If, it's on TikTok. Oh, my God. I got to find I'm, it. I'm out of the mood of scrolling through my 40 page for it. I'm going to go on Twitter. Google I think it. I found it. <laughs> I think I found it. It was the first thing that was there. Yeah, but I don't want to like say because it's not confirmed, you know? So it's just yeah, like, I mean, like, we, how about we'll make the guess? So here we go. Yeah. Uh, USA uh, World Cup. Call-up squad. Uh, uh, nope. Nope. That's just giving a list. Uh, USA squad out today. Um... Zach Steffen supposedly not going to be in the oh, 26-man yeah. squad. Oh, yeah. It's not going to be in the 6-man squad. It's crazy. I mean... Uh, I mean, he's been playing for Middlesbrough, a goalie on loan from uh, Man City. Yeah, but... Matt Turner, I think he's your man. He did really good in the uh, Gold Cup. Yeah, I think so, but... Yeah, but then you still have, uh, obviously, uh, Blake for the Union. Yeah. So... Pretty good. I really can't. I, I don't know. I don't know how you find out TikTok so fast. All I see is Zach Tiffin, Zach Tiffin, Zach Tiffin. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. so, Jake, of your knowledge, knowledge of American players, who would you like to see in the World Cup? Uh, Pulisic if he's available. 
Poole, he's been yeah, he's, without a doubt. Poole's he's like, been very impressive for me. I feel like he's one of the most impressive talents coming out of um, America at the moment. Um, I think whatever American players I actually know. Um, Weston McKinney. Can't say I know him. Uh, okay. Uh, Anthony Robinson, left back for Fulham. Oh yeah, I, I would get behind him. He's been he's been doing good. Fulham have been doing pretty well. I've been pretty, I've been impressed with them. So I can uh, definitely get behind him playing. What about Tim Ream, centre back for Fulham? No. You know? Yes, no, maybe so. Potential, potentially, potentially. Um, I could say I could see him doing a good job, but. Again, it's a case of will he actually do the job, and will he do a good job of it? That's that's the big question. Yeah. Like, it's it's a tough call. So here's the thing: we um, can't say much without the lineup not being like I don't know why. Just announce it so that way we can break it on match week and we have a whole discussion. Like, yeah. oh my god, it'd be Some so cool. Teams like to keep it quiet longer just so other teams can't plan around it, which I get. But I like, mean, also just, just just announce it. What I found. Yeah. Yeah. But so with us only really have ten minutes left on here. I'm going to ask you all – oh, and uh, Stephen is texting me again. Thank you, Stephen, <laughs> for blowing up the line of the USA. Um, so from what – oh, it looks like Zach – yeah, but that's, that doesn't even look like it's it getting linked because everyone keeps saying Zach Seven is not getting called up. As they said that was confirmed. No, yeah, yeah. And they're saying that, that Blake is not going to be there even though he was the one who's been outstanding for – ah, you know what? I'll trust this list. It's already just not making me trust it. <laughs> And if it's right, I'm sorry. We could have broken, but it's my fault. But I'm going to ask you guys, who do you think your winners are going to be? Who do you think your runners-up is going to be? Who's going to win the golden boot? Who's going to win the golden glove? Who's going to be the player of the tournament? Who's going to be the young player of the tournament? Who's going to be the overachieving nation? (laughs) Who's going to be the underachieving nation? And who's going to be the biggest flop? Okay, so where are we going to start? We're going to start with... Ooh, which soundbite do I want to have first? Let's go biggest flop first. Biggest flop. Oh, like country-wise? Yeah, country. Country or player, I'll give you. Country or player. Biggest flop. Hmm. That's interesting. Um, hmm. Wow. I think, I think, I think we could put Iran in this category because they might be forced well, to withdraw from the World Cup. So I feel like that's, well, that's an easy game I mean, for you guys with, if you, you want. You can't withdraw no, them no, yet, though. It depends on what you're classing as a flop. Are you going based off what we expect from the team or just the team just did the worst? Because the, I think the, the if we're doing a flop, it should be the worst. I think Germany's going to be a flop. The team's going to do the worst. I think Qatar. Well, no, uh, Qatar, yes, but don't worry. Germany can still fill in the underachieving nation. Yeah. Flop oh, yeah, just means bad. Yeah, flop. Just I, think bad. Netherlands. Oh, I, th- flop I think Netherlands. Bad? You think the Netherlands is going to be a flop? No, I, I think, think they're going to be under. I think Ghana is going to oh, be. Okay. You think Ghana is going to be the flop? Yeah. No way. I mean, no, I think Qatar is going to flop. Honestly, I, I think I think Qatar is good. <laughs> I think if Iran does not forfeit themselves from the World Cup, I think it's either Qatar and or Saudi Arabia. Oh yeah, Saudi Arabia. So Saudi Arabia, oh, yeah. just because I don't think they have a strong enough national team to compare with the rest. Yeah, I don't think they're gonna do bad though. That's the thing. Yeah, but uh, I know actually Saudi Arabia could be under underachieving. Exactly. We'll them. So biggest flop, we're gonna put Qatar, or Iran, depending on what happens with Iran. Underachieving nation, I I understand Jake's shout for Netherlands. No, I I, I can understand it because <laughs> all it takes is the two players to really like mess up performances. Mm. What were we thinking, Jake? What was your rationale behind the Netherlands? Well, from what I've seen. A lot of the Netherlands players haven't been playing that well recently. Like I haven't heard much about Wijnaldum doing stuff and looking at his FIFA rating, which isn't much like 
go off. It's dropped a lot. Um, they seem to be without a lot of their good players. Like, I just don't, I don't know. I just can't see them performing. I mean, United's very own Tyrell Malasia. Yeah. You're also going to have Virgil in the World Cup. Cody Gakpo. You're going to have Gakpo. You're going to have Frankie de Jong. You're going to have De Lick. Yeah. You're going to have United's very own Donny Van Freeze. de Beek. Dumfries. Yeah, I think also also Memphis Depay needs a break from Barcelona because Barcelona has been disrespecting and, and him. We all know hard. Memphis Depay in the Netherlands squad is just a different breed. Yeah, so I my two options for underachieving nation could be Netherlands or it could be Belgium. But it could go it could go pretty south for Netherlands pretty fast too. Yeah, so but it could go pretty though. south for. But Belgium I think it could fast. go also pretty north for them. <laughs> I think they could actually like go far. But that's why north. that's why I think they can be underachieving nation. That is true though. They could be overachieving. I want my bias to be there. Jake, I want you to say first, who's your overachiever? Overachiever? This is going to be a bit of a curveball. Argentina. You think they're going to... Wait, so where do I you mean... expect Argentina... <laughs> Hold on a second. Where do you expect Argentina... Listen, I, I think they're going to they're going to possibly... Okay, they're easily going to make it out of group stage, right? They're easily going to make it out of group stage. Okay. If they're make it out of group stage, they've got to get the, who they're going to play against. It's going to be tough calls to play against. Like, oh, look at the schedule. Let's see who they're playing against. So... Argentina in what group C? Oh, wait, yeah, group C. I've I've made predictions already for the World Cup group stage knockout stuff because we had to do it for match week one week and also for planning for the World yeah. Cup. So what okay. I had, um, I have Argentina making it out with Poland. Yeah. Yeah, I've got Argentina finishing second, right? They play the winner of Group D, which is most likely going to be France. Second? I can't Ooh, see Argentina. I have, I have them finishing first in the group. Nah, Poland a stronger team in my opinion. I mean, um, no. Argentina with, I mean, like, Lissandro Martinez. They're on a 35-game like, win streak, about to be, break Italy's uh, win streak of 37. I I, I think Argentina... Have the inform Messi. No matter, no matter how many jokes <laughs> I play with our station direct, our, our general manager, Annabella Poland, about how many jokes I play about how, how Argentina is going to be bad, I think Argentina is a solid shout to maybe make it They're gonna, to they the... Could, they, they could win it. That's the thing, though. And as much as I... I don't I don't like think, Argentina as a, as a I think nation. They, I think they might crash out of the semifinals, dude. Okay, okay maybe, yeah. I can, but I th- definitely think they can go far in this tournament. That's the thing, though. You can't really so, move them out. So for overachieving, give me more detail about why you think it's going to be Argentina overachieving. Right. For me, I don't have many expectations of Argentina. They don't have the strongest through-and-through squad. Like, they don't have strengths in all areas of the squad. Granted, they've got Messi. They've got Martinez in goal. You know, yeah. they've got the other Martinez in defense and such. And any Buendia. But apart from that, who can you name who's a standout star for Argentina? Lissandro Martinez. Well, he said besides them, uh, Di oh. Maria, Correa. Uh, Di Maria is not performing good anymore. He's well, not- yeah, at Juventus, don't. No, no, no. I am not. I am not counting. Sometimes Juve. playing national is just. It's just. It breaks out a different. Like, well, also, you say we also have uh, Latour Martinez for Inter, DePaul. who's been insane. You have Rodrigo De Paul in the midfield. The you have you have Paredes. The thing is, this this Argentina squad, they have something to fight for. They have, they're fighting well, for, the, they're fighting for Messi's think, World Cup. That's the thing. Though. I think this is the most complete Argentina yeah, squad we've I seen in a long I time. So too. Because most of the Argentina squads prior to this was literally just Di Maria, Higuain, and Messi. And, yeah. and maybe Mascherano in the back line, who was half decent at no, best. Yeah. No, this is definitely the most complete Argentina squad. I've but seen I now. do not mind the shout for overachieving being Argentina. Yeah. My overachieving nation, I think it's going to be the USA. I think everyone's going to underestimate them so hard that they're going to make it through somehow. No. <laughs> I can see that. I, I can see it, but also... It's a potential, but it's, a, not, it's not set in stone. It's a potential. It's 
very much a Look, potential. I, mean, here, I, mean, I live in the USA, but I don't think much of the Here's the thing. For, for me, overachieving for us right now is like quarterfinals. That's, that's my overachieving at this point. I think Denmark is the overachieving team. I actually... I Denmark, I feel like they could go pretty far. They could. Either that or Uruguay. Ooh, Uruguay is a shout, Uruguay is a shout as well. Uh, so, young player of the tournament mix. We have that much time left, boys. Who are we picking? I'm play the tournament. I think Musiala. Musiala is a great shout. Oof. That is Jake, a good shout. What are we thinking? Point. Uh, young do, player of the tournament. Do we, do, we, do we have a better shout than Musiala? Because that's like a really great shout right there. I Come don't on. think the guy has we do, goals. unless you go with Vinicius Jr., because he's pretty oh. young. Ooh, he's not that Vin- young. No, no, Vinicius is 21, 22. Yeah, yeah, that's people, young people, for, people yeah. That, yeah, Bro, not, for a World Cup, people that's say, young. People say that he's not a that young That is young for anymore. a World Cup, yeah. <laughs> Bro, if you're, if you're uh, under But I do, I do think it will be his World Cup, though. I do think so. Here's the thing. If Bellingham can find his form in the World Cup, He's within a shout because he's only 19. It's just that manager, man. It's just Southgate. Yeah, Southgate. But I do think Mr. Yeah, he has 20 game. goal contributions right now in the season. It's, uh, it's he's insane right now. Bro, he's, someone he has the most goal, goal contributions in the Bayern squad. First right off, now. to be that good to be benching Gravenberg exactly is insane in yeah. my opinion. But player of the tournament. That's a, Here's that's the thing. So if Argentina or Portugal make it to the final, it's obviously going to be either Messi or Ronaldo. Yeah, definitely. If neither of them make it, I say Neymar. <sighs> if Brazil makes it to the final, I can see that. I can I can get behind that. If if Neymar makes it, yeah. But then, um... but if not, I think uh, we could give a shout out to probably but if, 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 De Bruyne. If, but here's the thing: if England makes it, or if Belgium makes it, like Belgium, it could be De Bruyne. But if England makes it, who gets the shout for that? Harry Kane. Would it be Harry Kane? Has to be Harry Kane. It has to be Harry Kane. Yeah. You can't. You can't not get out of this conversation. Where Sterling comes back in this point? Where is it? Because <laughs> Harry Kane is within a shout for Golden Boot, which we're going to talk about next. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> Golden Boot, it's either going to be him. It's either going to be Lukaku or it's going to be Ronaldo or Messi. The Those is, are the few I, I see say, going I, for. I, I, I see Messi really in form right now. He is. He's he's in a stride he's, right he's now. Just, he's, he's, in his he's, yeah. he's picked up form at the perfect exactly. time. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like as much as I hate to say, I do think Messi could have a very very good World Cup. Man. Golden Boot. Who is it for you, Jake? Uh, Harry Kane or Ronaldo? Harry Kane I don't Ronaldo? see Messi scoring that many because he doesn't score that many for Argentina. Yeah, he, he, he's usually trying to set up the. Well, I mean, he's usually their only goal scorer, he's but he's always, <laughs> but he's always assisting though. He is always assisting. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I will agree with that. That is true. Um, Golden Glove. Golden Glove. I, I, Martinez. I, I think. Well, I think, Martinez. That's a great shot. I shout. think we could look at Courtois. Courtois, or maybe Neuer again. I mean, he oh, gets yeah, he gets yeah, to every World Cup somehow. Or oh, Allison. Allison. Think... I don't know. Ooh, Allison. Yeah, but who's wait? Who's gonna start, Allison or Edison? It's gonna be Allison. It's gonna be Allison. Yeah, I think so. I think it's gonna be Edison. It's gonna be Edison. Edison yeah. Well, maybe because I of the rotation, so. I, maybe he not, they, I not, think, they might not. Here's the thing: I, 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 I think Edison's the better baller in regards to distribution, but I think yeah. Allison's the better shot stopper. Exactly. I think you need a shot stopper in the World Cup. And real quick, you are listening top of the hour on WMC Upper Montclair. Now, guys, we don't have that much time left. We have to wrap it up. So, Golden Glove. What's the one goalkeeper bringing on? Jake, last call. Who's it gonna be? Martinez. Martinez, Steven? Martinez. Oh, I say Allison. Allison, and I'll say Neuer because why not? He's always in a shot for it. Um, runners up. Um, so, I'm going to say mine right now. England. 
Egoland. It's coming home. I don't see football's coming. No, no. Okay, I can get behind that. I can get behind that, but I don't know. I, I don't know. Okay, no. Sadly, I think I, it's. I, I don't I, see us winning it. I don't see us winning it, but I don't see us being runners up. I think the runners up is either going to be Brazil or Argentina. I say France or Portugal, maybe mm. or France. I think France are going to be runners up. Yeah. France. Yeah, France, I think, can respectfully be runners up. I think, I think a Brazil have the strongest shout in years of actually winning this. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. I think, I think the last time I believe Brazil might be winning it was when it was like they had like Kaká and they had Neymar still there, yeah. like at a young, young age when they had David Luiz and they had, uh, like Paulinho at like a young age, like all this. I think that was like the last time we saw Brazil, like, wow. Like, they're in it. Yeah. And even, like, when they had Marcelo, dude, that's someone I feel like we sort of looked over, but he's playing Olympiacos right now. Like, do you not call him up for experience? No, I, I've been looking at them, too, because of Hamas is there. You know, I love, yeah, that's right. I love he Hamas, there. but no, Marcelo just doesn't play that much over there either. And then, guys, our last topic for the day. Well, actually, no. Tell me your runners up, Jake. Uh, France. 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 Steven, runners up? Yeah, France. I think my runners up is going to be England. Um... <laughs> And then for winners, guys, who we think is going to win it all? Brazil. I'm going with Brazil. Careful. I'm going with Brazil. 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 No. USA. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, I think winner is going to be Portugal. I'm throwing it up there. I think it's Ronaldo's last ever World Cup. I think this is the strongest Portugal has been in a very long time. I can see them winning it all. That's a hot take, but I wouldn't disagree though. I I I think well, this is the most complete Portuguese team we've seen in a long the time. The thing that threw me off was Jota getting injured. Yeah, but still, you ha- you have you have uh, Rafael Leal, you have Ronaldo, yeah. you have uh, oh, Joao Felix, Joao Felix, you have uh, Pizzi from. They, uh, have, they have a very strong squad, and definitely. Yep. So guys, that has been match week. For this week, I get it, Matrix, for this, the puns and everything. I'm, Jake, please tell me you like my puns. They're okay. They're American. They're, okay. <laughs> They're American. All right, everybody, thank you for having us. We really, really do appreciate you. You're listening, top of the hour, on WMC Upper Montclair. And this is Matrix. Guys, make sure you tell somebody you love them. I'll see you next time.